Hello gamers from around the world. This is Boxenberger, the video game enthusiast from Germany, and I would like to welcome you to today's episode of the World of Gaming. And it is an absolute pleasure to have my co-host back all the way back from the Netherlands. Wondering that man, how have you been? Yes, I'm good. I'm very good. I'm I'm glad to be back. Glad to be back. Of course, I, I do hate mission shows, whether it be our our show here or midweek mix up. I hate I hate doing it. So um of course we had a break this week from yeah. midweek mix up, mainly because obviously I've been on holiday and I have absolutely no idea what's going on. So <laughs> so I've took like yesterday to kind of reacclimatize to to the gaming news and what's been happening and things like that. Um so of course fresh and ready to talk about it on today's episode. So I'm looking forward to jumping back into it. Um, definitely. Yeah, yeah, man. No, I'm, and we missed you last week. I mean, we had some awesome guests last week to fill in the shoes, but no one really can fill in the Wandering Dutch shoes. So this spot here, it, it just belongs to you. So glad you you are back. But let me also welcome everyone uh, in the chat here. Um, great to see you guys. Uh, we have a lot to talk here today. Um, and a big shout out, of course, to everyone who listens after the show, uh, either here on YouTube or, of course, on Spotify, Google Podcast, Apple Podcast. And uh, I would kindly remind everyone, if you do listen to the show on the podcast services, uh, yeah, we would definitely appreciate you guys um, uh, leaving us a five-star uh review uh would really really appreciate that uh other than that guys there's a lot to talk about like dutch said and that's actually why we are like seven minutes late or so today was the nikon event and i did had to work i did not watch it but he had told me you have to watch at least two trailers so that we can talk about it so i had to watch the robocop trailer and i had to watch the Gollum trailer and we will definitely discuss that but of course we will also talk about all the things uh, that happened in gaming this week. And there happened quite a few things. Suicide Squad just broke, the news broke, and we'll discuss it. Um, we will get new Xbox hardware, but not in the form that you expect. So uh, <laughs> we will talk, of course, about all the latest in the ABK drama and, of course, the Starfield date. We finally got the date, and I know Pong. I don't know if he's in the chat here. Uh, he's probably still dealing with that, um, with that release date. And we will discuss everything around that. We have some E3 news. Uh, we have some Halo news and, and Joe State news and a lot more. So we will discuss everything. But first, we need to talk, of course, about the games of the week. When it's just the two of us, we can do the jingles. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I just said to Dutch, uh, when it's just the two of us, it's easy to do the jingles. So um, we have to talk about, of course, the games of the week. But first, I need to shout out uh, the first two chats that came in. The first super chat comes in from Drawn TJ, our good and generous friend. Uh, he says, hi, Boxenberger and Dutch. The bacon event. Oh. Oh man, now I'm I'm starring. Uh, <laughs> the I think he's referring, of course, to the Nakan event. Uh, had no test drive to show. Probably going to be delayed again. Dutch, you had the chance to watch it. That's a good point. Actually, it's a good point. I was looking forward to seeing what Solar Crown was about. 
Um, yeah. Completely, to be honest, with everything that's coming out, I complete. I keep for, I keep forgetting that it's coming out, mm. and I have mentioned it on a few of my lists as well as to, and, and even my video, the biggest games in coming out in twenty twenty three. I did have Solar Crown there, um, but yeah, it's it has been missing. It has um, strange one. I'm still confident in the game itself, though the IPs, the IPs, pretty. Pretty decent. Um, the previous iterations of, of Test Drive have been mm. fantastic. So I'm not really concerned in the game going forward. Um, and of course, delays are always good, in my opinion, if it means it's going to benefit us. Mm. Oh, uh, yeah. But if, it, if it's delayed indeed. for certain other reasons um, that people aren't happy about, not so much the quality of the game, but maybe the content of the game, that's a different story entirely. <laughs> Yeah, no <laughs> facts, man. Facts. Uh, yeah. So we shall see if we get uh, Solar Crown a little later this year, um, and if we at least, um, if we at least get to see it. Uh, and now I messed up our cameras. Hang on, should be back. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Um, because actually, I messed up the cameras because uh, I wanted to add. Our newest channel member, shout out to Ballantone, who just became a channel member. Thank you, man, so much for the support. Um, truly appreciate it. Now you got access, of course, to all the custom badges and emojis here and uh, early access to the videos. Uh, so super appreciate the support, the support, man. But Dutch uh, and, of course, everyone here in the chat, tell us, what have you guys been playing? And Dutch, what kept you busy, busy this week? Yeah, so... Um, when I got back, um, I've been, I jumped back onto City Skylines. It's been a long time since I've played it and, uh, and uh, I've how realized. How did that happen? How did, how? Yeah. So I realized. How do you, do you play City Skylines in, in March of 23? I want to know that story. What, what? Yes. So for those who didn't know they up they brought out a xbox series x and s version of city skylines the definitive edition um, and it went straight into game pass like the last month and i, did, I wasn't aware of it until quite late on so um i jumped into city skylines the definitive x series x and s edition when i originally played it there was a lot of performance issues because it wasn't optimized at all um, and it mm. struggled quite a bit, especially when you start getting very dense cities with a lot going on. Um, so I jumped back on it again, spent about five hours, and then all of a sudden my entire city become violently ill and everyone was dying. So <laughs> mm. even though like water mains and everything were perfect, like it didn't show any kind of degradation of the sewerage system or anything. Everything said it was fine but everyone was getting severely ill. So I had no idea how to fix it and come off it. So, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> so aside, okay. from, aside from kind of wiping out an entire city, um, I've also tried war long and by Ooh. God, that game is frustrating. Um, the parry system <sighs> is, does not work properly. Mm. Now I'm not the best of players when it comes to Elden rings Soul or, Souls or Sekiro's or anything like that. Mm. But, the parry, the parry system on on Warlong is hit or miss. Sometimes it works fine, and yeah. you can get several parries off the trot. And other times, you've got 
all day to think about the parry that is coming on. You can literally see it happening for ages, and you do the parry, and it doesn't work, and then you get hit four times. So I don't know whether or not, and again, it's I had a patch for today, so I don't know whether or not that's that might have resolved an issue there with some of the parry timing. But that's been my only issue with the game so far. Aside from that, it seems like a good game. Once I get the parry down and once that's resolved, um, then I think I'd, I'd happily kind of play through the rest of it. But mm. um, it's nowhere near as hard as your Elden Rings or your Dark Souls or anything like that. Want to hear a sad story? Yeah. I yesterday I I wanted to to play Wolong. I had to work long. Then I had to, of course, um, also take a little care of the kids. Took them to bed, and it was uh, around nine uh, p.m. my time. I sat down on the couch right behind me. I have a couch here. Uh, that's that's my gaming TV there, and um, sat down, turned on Wolong, and during the intro, I fell asleep. And that's not because it's yeah. it's boring or anything. Not saying that I was just so so fucking tired. Uh, so I fell asleep. Um, woke up at like one a.m. Went upstairs and just continued sleeping. So I did not have the chance to try out one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. Other than that, um, that's that's been it. That's that's all I've had a chance to play really since I've been back. So. What about mm-hmm. yourself, Boxy? What have you been playing? Oh, uh, I've been playing uh, quite a few different games uh, this week. Um, but first, I want to, because you mentioned City Skylines, uh, Drawn TJ sends in $5 and he also plays that. He says, I made a big city, then I had them try to survive a tsunami. <laughs> yeah, man, uh, that's the crazy stuff you can do in City Skylines. And it didn't, wasn't it just this week when they announced, or was it last week when they announced City Skylines 2 still supposed uh, to come? This week, I think. I think that was when I got back. Tuesday. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Just a few days ago, City Skylines, um, uh, two coming supposedly this year, uh, and it's gonna be massive, man. They they they're gonna increase tile size significantly. Was way above one hundred tiles now. Um, can't remember. It's insane. The current one's only twenty five yeah, yeah. tiles, I think. Yeah, which is also massive, by the massive. way. Massive. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it's huge. <laughs> no doubt. No doubt. <laughs> Um, yeah, so what have I been playing? So I finished, I finished, um, my fifth entire playthrough of, um, The Witcher 3, including all the DLC. So I finished the Blood and Wine DLC. Um, uh, so I'm gonna just put up some, some gameplay from, uh, from Witcher 3, um, while we talk about it. Uh, still love that game. It's like, it's the it's I think it's just probably the best game ever made. Um it's it's phenomenal. Still a, an easy 10 out of 10. And um yeah, I got a great ending. I an ending I hadn't I haven't had before. Um so usually in in three of my playthroughs I always went with Triss Triss. Um, and then I did my fourth playthrough, and I wanted to see what what it's like to date Jen uh, or Jennifer, and um, and and then 
I wasn't able to turn Triss down. So I, I had an ending where I tried to do the both. And that ending, by the way, is hilarious. Oh, <laughs> Highly oh, recommend yeah. that. So this time I, I, I did it. I turned, I said no to Triss, played through the entire ga game choosing Yen. Uh, and I got that ending for the first time. So was interesting to see. Um, uh, yeah, other than that, uh, of course, a little H4. Not going to bore everyone because I did not perform very well <laughs> this week, honestly. Uh, I lost so many matches that I dropped down to gold three. So I, I have to go back, get back to platinum then. Um, but then uh, I started, and Dutch, we need to talk about this. Uh, Metroid Prime Remaster. It, it, it arrived um, and I played it and uh, played it quite a lot and I freaking love it. Man, it, it's like they didn't... Usually Nintendo makes a big buzz around when they try to release uh, the same game over and over and over to you again without them doing any work. And with this one, I feel like they haven't really like talked about how much work they actually did because it's phenomenal. They upgraded like the texture quality the lighting quality the sound is phenomenal man um it's it's amazing it runs butter smooth at 60 um it for a switch game it even looks sharp on the on my on my 4k oled um like usually you know if you play like a mario odyssey or so uh, and it's upscaled it just gets blurry because it, it renders at uh, sub 1080p resolution so uh but this one it looks crisp on the 4k it runs butter smooth and it's still an a an incredibly good game um it's this and and super metroid gotta be the, the best metroids uh, so far and they did a phenomenal job man um so I don't know if if Metroid Prime is something for you. What would you did you intend to get it or um, not immediately? But it's definitely something that I like the look of. Um, so at some point in the future, I'll pick it up. Um, I'll probably pick it up physically because it will be cheaper. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I I bought it physically as well. Um, yeah. But yeah, yeah, in so, the future, definitely, I'll definitely pick it up in the future. It's it, it certainly looks very interesting, and of course, it, mm. with it being a an exclusive, that's pretty much all I play on Nintendo anyway. I've got a couple of games on there that I have that aren't. So I've got The Witcher on yeah. Switch. I've got Hellblade on Switch. Mm. But some bit like some games like that, I've, I think I've got. How is uh, Hellblade on the Switch? Oh, it's awesome. First, mm. Hell, first Hellblade on Switch is absolutely awesome. Yeah looks and performs very well so i would recommend it if you don't have it <laughs> and you want to play through it again yeah mm. it, it works very very well okay um minecraft dungeons i've got on there as well because that's an easy pick okay. up and play game on Switch. Yeah, yeah yeah things like that but the vast majority are are all kind of exclusive games so of course you yeah, for the most part yeah. yeah 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 same here i have like i've the witcher i have of course skyrim and diablo on the Switch, I do have like a couple of smaller ones. I have um, um, Hollow Knight, for instance. Um, 
I don't know, a few smaller ones, uh, smaller indies uh, that I bought digitally. Yeah. But for the most part, yeah, it's exclusive. It's exclusive on, on, on the Switch. And honestly, it a Metroid Prime has to be one of the best games you can play right now on the Switch. Uh, it's absolutely phenomenal. I love the atmosphere, man. I, it's just the, the level design in Metroid Prime is so, so good. It just is. It And it's also... Like it, it is not difficult game per se. Not like your, you know, Elden Rings or whatever. But, um, but it still it feels like challenging enough uh, for you to to stay engaged. And um, it's it's just it's just great. Um, so definitely a recommendation from my side. Let me see what people in the chat have been playing. Let me see. Um, so, uh, Wola, Tim the Sorcerer is playing uh, Wolong and Merchant Blade. I have no idea what Merchant Blade is. Do you? Nope. It's not one no. that rings a bell for me. Not, not at all. A PC game, maybe? Could be. Could be. Um, Crispy Rambo is, pl- is playing Grounded uh, right now. Fantastic game, man. Fantastic game. Um... Siki is playing Fortnite, Rocket League, and Mountain Blade. Um, what else? Uh, uh, Caroline Gamer twenty eight uh, says I've been playing Wolong, Horizon, Gotham Knights, Hyper Rush, High on Life, and Warhammer Dark Time. Man, uh, that is quite something. Uh, quite a lot. We have Dustin Lambert playing Forza Horizon five. Um, what else? Man, the, the chat is on fire again. The chat is on fire. Yeah, a lot of good games there. Um, did I miss someone? I hope not. Ballantone plays Wolong, Soul Hackers, and Fallout 1. Fallout 1? I have not seen that in the chat. Uh, oh, and the false <laughs> man says it is Mount and Blade, and it is probably a typo. Ah. <laughs> yeah. Blade, and yeah. our no, good friend... Yeah, yeah, I have heard of that. <laughs> so, um, Hertog Wim in uh, our pineapple lover, uh, like his bed sheets must be covered all in pineapples. Uh, so yeah. he, uh, I got uh, and, and pizzas, of course. Uh, so he's um, uh, playing Ghost of Tsushima, Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart, and now Uncharted. So you're rocking your PS5, man. Good, good on you. Um, let me also catch up on the super chats, man. Um, John TJ sends in generous ten dollars and says, "Boxy, you are slipping. Lol, fell asleep on Xbox and losing Age of Empires four matches. Yeah, man, you had to rub it in my face, <laughs> but I deserve that. I deserve it. Uh, what is going on, man? By the way, Hellblade Two is going to be at the Witcher, and he follows up with a second uh, two dollar super chat. Uh, <laughs> uh, says." Uh, typo going to be better yeah man uh hellblade 2 hellblade 2 i said that before it will set new standards i i be, truly believe that um, what they are trying to do with hellblade 2 we gonna we gonna enjoy that one then we have fanto sir who is a channel member for seven months super appreciate the 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 ongoing support man and he's also just become a, a, a mod in the channel here and tries to keep the 
the chat in, in in the world of gaming clean. So sh double shout out to you, man. He says he's, totally only, he's only got Vin to time out. He's fine. Vin's yeah. the only one you need to worry about. You don't. You don't need exactly. I, I wanted to say that, man. We rarely have like the trolls come in here. It's really like a safe street. Uh, we all tolerate different opinions, uh, but yeah. I've, I've ra very, very rarely see the trolls come in here and attack others on on a, like a personal level. We might all disagree. So Dutch and I, we all disagree all the time. That's fine. That's that's what strikes up great conversations. But if someone like I don't know uh, gets personal or I don't know, oh no, um, brings in something like racism, sexism, something like that. Fantosur and all the other more mods that help us here, like Paul, AFC, to keep the streets clean. I've said it to all of them. You never even have to ask myself. Just hit the ban button and those idiots are gone. These, this is yeah. a, it's a safe space for everyone and I appreciate all the mods. I, I do not shout them out enough, um, to keep the, keep the, the, the chat here, uh, to what it is. And it is a high, high, high quality community we got here, Dutch. Yeah. So, another one actually from Tim the Sorcerer in chat, which reminded me that I have actually played that this week because I thought I will try and see if there's any like a new mm. one, a new one? Um, vampire survivor esque game to play. And um, that was Merge and Blade, which is another kind of automatic battle RPG game. Mm. Um, it's quite interesting. Nice. It's a bit of a bit of a strange puzzler. You've got to kind of match them and then they when you match enough guys it then levels them up into a stronger unit and then you kind of get after the battles you get coins and then you can unlock okay. higher units and so on and so forth. And you've got to kind of work your way through all the different levels. So it's it's quite interesting. It's just a, a quite quite quick and easy game to jump into through Game Pass. If you've got like a bit of time to spare and you don't really have the 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 mindset to jump into anything that requires brains <laughs> merging blade is the one for you so it's another kind of vampire survivor-esque game mm. nice i've not heard of it but it sounds like i need to check it out man it sounds yeah. like i need to check it out actually i wasn't i was not even getting to wasn't even able to 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 read the, the super chat from fanto <laughs> so uh, <laughs> he actually said uh, totally agree i love I'm, i've fallen in love with metroid prime all over again dipped uh, he dipped also into vice city 2 good man yeah um um again it's uh, it's a phenomenal game glad you enjoyed as well Fanto sir now i feel bad and terrible because i did not shout out all the mods. Yeah, we have also Che here in the chat, who's doing a phenomenal job from day one. Um, we have Crazy Louis, uh, who is also a chat, uh, chat, uh, a mod. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> um, and uh, so we have we have man a great community here and great uh, mods. Uh, truly appreciate you all. Um, Dutch. But with that being said, let let us move to the news. All right. So, so the jingles are back, man. The jingles are back. Jingles are back. Jingles. 
Good. What happened this week? A lot has happened this week, and uh, and there's a lot to discuss. And but a couple of news just broke today, so I would I would like to open with those. Um, the Nacon event happened uh, earlier. Yeah. You had the chance to actually watch the entire thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, I did not. I only had the chance to watch like the two highlights you pointed out for me, and that was, of course, Gollum and RoboCop. So. Highlights is probably, I don't know if it's the right word, <laughs> honestly. Let's yeah. start, start to talk about Gollum. Um, yeah. We we knew we knew that it's not like this high AAA, big budget, Lord of the Rings kind of game. Definitely not. Um, but um, it, I don't know, it didn't do anything for me. Uh, I don't, I, I was expecting like a thief-like game you know, stealth game, but it kind of just looks boring. It looks like, what did you, how did you describe it at the, at the, the, before the show, you had a pro, a great way to describe it. Um, yeah. So it looks, looks, to me, it looks like a game that was late 360 beginning. Exactly. One. Exactly. Yeah. So I fully agree with that. Like the animations look really outdated. Textures look outdated. I don't know. Yeah. Didn't do anything. But what do you think? Yeah, so it's like I say, the the only thing that it had over the latter game, which we'll we'll also talk about, was that the the story and the acting seemed to be relatively interesting. Um, but but aside from that, from a technical standpoint and from a graphical standpoint. It looks. It already looks outdated before it's even released. I, I can't. It's unfortunate, but yeah, it's like it's it, even from initial initial viewing points from when they announced it to now, it looks literally nothing like what they originally envisioned. It looks like it's had a severe kind of pullback in 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 kind of their vision for this game, and they've reduced the output significantly. Um, it does, it yeah. does, and of course, if you have a watch of the trailer, Gollum does very much look like an like a, a end of 360 gen, beginning of Xbox One gen game. Yeah, like the character models, the the texture qualities, everything that goes along with it. It it just looks a little bit clunky and, and just outdated, which is unfortunate. Um, but I never had a good feeling about the game from the off. I don't know. And it sounds really strange, but I, Gollum is not one of the characters in the entirety of the Lord of the Rings universe that somebody would think about making a video game about. Yeah, and not, and the fans wouldn't really want a Gollum game either. Like out of every character in the Lord of the Rings universe, Gollum is the perspective. I know, I understand they're probably trying to be different and think, you know, what it is we've never had Gollum's perspective. Yeah, so we'll do that. But there's a reason for that. <laughs> yeah. No, I uh, totally agree, man. It's not like he's the, the character you want to wanna be, you know, and that's what, what, what gaming does. You you immerse yourself into the character and you kind of want to have, like, you know, a relationship to the characters you have. And, with, and Gollum is not the one. <laughs> Definitely <Nope>. not. <laughs> so yeah, I agree, man. Um, I don't know what what about the chat. Uh, 
did you guys uh, uh, like what you've seen about Gollum? Um, and then in the meanwhile, Dutch, what, what were your thoughts on RoboCop that has been shown? Yeah, it's the complete opposite end of the scale. So in RoboCop, they've went kind of um, far more futuristic, cyberpunky, um, very glossy to make it look shiny, like loads of like dim lights and reflections and neon lights and mm. things like that, which would kind of mask the graphical deficiencies to a point because when things yeah. look shiny, that automatically looks like it's looks. high quality. Yeah. But it kind of masks the fact that it isn't. Um, there is a lot of deficiencies in that game as well. And I was looking, I was really looking forward to Robocop because I was kind of had high hopes for a return to, to the IP. Um, but aside from it looking shiny and looking, should we say, a, a last gen game, I wouldn't even say this gen. It's a mm. kind of an Xbox One game, PS4 yeah. game. Early um, Xbox One generation, I'd say. Yeah. Because that's when we had, like, in every game, you know, remember, yeah. there was the, the, the time where we had, like, in every game, those overdrawn lens flare effects and glare effects, because, like you said, when something shines, it automatically looks, like, good. Um, so that, there was a time in video games where we just had, like, lens flare everywhere. You, uh, you know, you had a candle and, and like, yeah. lens flare <laughs> and everything. Yeah. It's, like... Yeah. Yeah, and that's exactly what they've kind of tried to do here. Is just go ultra shiny yeah. on things to kind of make it look new and look look impressive. Um, but once you've got over that, you've kind of got to look at it, kind of what it looks like, like it actually looks like, and it, it looks all right. Um, mm -hmm. But that's not the issue I've got with the game because you can kind of that that is a, a minor thing. You've got to look at what the game is actually, how it plays and how it looks and how it feels. And now I can't quote on how it feels because, of course, none of us have played it yet. But how sure. it looks like it feels is very stiff, very mm -hmm. slow. Robocop is quite obviously a bullet sponge. Doesn't look like there's any challenge there. Like everyone can shoot you and you don't get damaged. Like all the enemies just die immediately. The voice acting's terrible. Makes it really bad. Like for Robocop as a character, you need to have someone that can at least sound like Robocop, but this guy just mm. sounds like he's whispering to people at all times and like really nice and soft. Like even when he's barging down doors, he's like very soft voiced about it. I was like, this isn't Robocop. Like, <laughs> mm. what is going on? Like the brutality of Robocop, even when he was that, they would usually know he was coming and then they would outnumber him with like heavy machine guns and. Yeah. big weapons to try and like tear them apart yeah um but it just looks so sluggish it looks really sluggish and it just uh, at the moment from from that little and again it so what i said to you before we went live the the worrying thing for me is it's the game that's meant to be coming out this year and the most they've showed off is a minute and 20 seconds of gameplay that doesn't shout never a like good sign Especially after such a show, would, yeah, and it wasn't, you know, it wasn't even like a big slice of gameplay. Like they showed him mm. walking a couple of steps in the street, and then they changed the scene and showed him walking a couple of steps at a different part of the street, and then they changed the scene and the walk, like showed him opening the door, and then they showed a couple of clips of him killing the same guys whilst being a bullet sponge, and then that was it. I was 
so yeah. it, it, it look it just looked really strange uh i hope this improves before it releases because i i do really want a good robocop game <laughs> we all do but, i think we all yeah. do but i'm i'm very much of a similar on a similar side i i just it's it's not the graphics it's like the animations and everything looks like clunky and it kind of how do i phrase that properly kind of looks like a a little knockoff from from cyberpunk you know yeah. they had these um slow motion uh like animations when 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 he tries to shoot or, or aim at certain body parts and and, and everything um i don't know very much reminded me of a light cyberpunk but i'm not sure what that game will be will it be more will it be like a i don't know open worldish game i don't think so that's that's not the scope of it and it's more linear one um that has just like a few elements from from um like a, a cyberpunk or uh, even a fallout if you want to they 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 had that system first where they had what was it called uh blanking on it now um you know the the aiming system from from Fallout. Uh, you I know what I mean. The exact name, but I know what you're talking about. Um, anyway, uh, kind of looks like like that, uh, just in a cheaper knockoff way. Um, so yeah, really didn't do much for me either. Um, but everyone wants a good one, including myself, a good robot RoboCup uh, game. Um, so. Yeah, like I say, Still the voice not. acting for me it was like the two parts that because they didn't show much. Again, it was such a mm. small gameplay trailer. Like it didn't, yeah, it yeah, didn't sure. shout confidence. Maybe we exactly, yeah. But what they did we show, don't do the game justice. Little, yeah, what they did show, like there was a section in the toilet where he was talking to this drug addict, and he was like, "I'm here mm. to help." I was like, "Yeah, okay." And then when he's trying to batter down the door with the with the guy on the other side, he's like, "I mm. have a warrant." So where's yeah. the enthusiasm? Like where he's like he's like he's meant to be like authoritarian. He's a he's a he's a like a yeah, very yeah. strict regimen. He's the robot. robot. <laughs> yeah, he's like I have a warrant. Open up. Yeah. But it's none of that. It's just like I have a warrant. Yeah. But he's just like really soft toned. Doesn't really mm. care. Mm. It's like where's the enthusiasm for this character? Like he's he's meant to be like brutal. Good voice actors are not easy to get, man. Good voice actors are not easy to get. Uh, oh, and Phantosur helps us out. The VAT system from Fallout. That's what Thank it was you. called. Bats. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, so um, not much excitement here, but uh, we have a lot of other exciting things today. But let me briefly shout out Paul AFC, who has been a channel member for 21 months now. Uh, that the first day channel memberships became available he became a member so can't can't thank you enough for the continued support man and he says shout out to the dynamic duo boxenberger and dutch also the chat for great comments and keeping it lively appreciate that man um and definitely shout out to the chat definitely um so let's talk about the thing that broke just like 20 minutes before the show started and it is suicide squad um might get a delay um there are multiple sources the one i like to go to is jess corden um so he tweeted hearing suicide squad kill the justice league is grabbing a delay from may to q4 ish 23 
Um, so other sources have uh, been tweeting about this as well, um, saying, of course, um, that's due to the fan feedback. Um, we we talked about the fan feedback uh, uh, two th or three shows ago because actually I think like we might be the only one who actually liked what we saw. So um, what do you think about this delay, man? Yeah, it's it's kind of reminiscent of how Halo delayed. Like Halo only delayed due to fan outrage. Mm -hmm. And on this occasion, it seems like the same thing. Like aside from me, you and because it was when it was just after Pong Soul had yeah. been on, we'd watched it. And then the next episode, we'd talk about it. Yeah, yeah. Um, and we liked it. We liked what we, we looked fun. It looked fast paced. It looked like they all had different abilities. It looked like there was a lot of great traversal. Yeah. It looked like a fun game. Um, a different one. It was not. Yeah. It was not a Arkham knockoff. It was yeah. a different game. Um, yeah, exactly. But exactly. And I didn't yeah. think the visuals were bad. To be honest, I think uh, I don't know whether whether or not it's just me. But visuals are kind of the last thing I look at. Like visuals are a bonus these days. Like as long as the gameplay is there and it looks fun to play, that's the primary thing. Visuals are definitely second for me. Um, and even then. At the moment, I'm finding it very difficult to be uber impressed about some of the visuals that I'm seeing, even on current generation games. Like, I mean, which game found, truly has impressed good. you this gen, visually, from a visual perspective? Like, um, it's not that games are bad looking, but yeah, which which game was the one where you thought, okay, that's next gen visuals so far? Forza Horizon 5, I'd say. That was, yeah, was pretty was impressive. kind of like a, an intro to it, but even then I would, we all agreed. We said, it's amazing what they've done on the previous engine. Exactly. Like they've literally, this is the last iteration of this engine before they've moved over to the new Forza Tech engine. Yeah, yeah. Um, so this is like the end, end, end that they can do with this. And it's phenomenal looking for what the engine is capable of, like how much they've managed to get out of this engine. Mm. So even then I'm like, yes, this is visually very impressive and the level of detail is outstanding, but I know they can do more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no. So I, like, I, the thing is that, that the game also looks phenomenal on the last gen. So yeah, exactly. you, it's not taking away from the, the achievement yeah this is exactly what what i thought about the likes of god of war ragnarok and horizon forbidden yeah. west and it's not that yeah. the games didn't look mighty impressive on playstation not 5, at all not at all they looked equally as impressive on playstation 4 yeah like which, the natural evolution yes yeah. a little bit more detail a little bit better frame rates of course and uh, everything yeah, yeah. Hellblade right will be the one. Hellblade will be the one where you will sit there like your jaw drops to the floor and you say, "Okay, that's next gen, man. That's yeah. next gen." And that's that's what I'm waiting for. I am waiting for a game where it it's it's hard to think that this is capable on anything but the current gen onwards. Yeah. And I don't think we've had a game so far where we've looked at it and said that can't be done on previous generation. Even as mm. much, even as far to say. And we've all agreed with this. Even Ratchet and Clank Rift Apart could be done on the previous gen. Absolutely, there be any issues? Yeah. yeah. Um, as much as it looks absolutely beautiful, there is no reason why that couldn't have been on PlayStation Four. Yeah. I think, from a stand their standpoint as well, 
they should have ported it afterwards onto PlayStation 4, um, primarily for a sales purpose. It would have sold. Yeah. It would have sold very well, but they wanted very to well. have a game, a game that is next generation only, and they have only. one. Um, we will start seeing those games, hopefully, that will start to... And again, you've mentioned Hellblade. Um, uh, and again, I think Avowed, um, Spider-Man 2. Um, Spider-Man 2 is look- also one that, that um, where I'm really interested that he, yeah. well, pardon me, can't even speak, interested in how it actually will look in gameplay because, yeah, yeah it's not coming out on the last gen, so current gen only. Yeah. Um, and we know that really Sony... Forza Motorsport, Forza Motorsport is going to look phenomenal. That's current gen only. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. yeah. But, again, this is why we never really bring up Forza because you kind of expect it. It's one of those technical benchmark games. Yeah. It's a game that you go, you put on, to show off, look, this is what the console can look, this is how pretty it is. And then when you're done playing it for a couple of races, you turn it off again. Like, it's great, but it's also a very, and it's 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 weird saying this, but because it's such a linear game, mm. you kind of, I think the impressive part comes when you see these vast scenarios with hyper detail and like a lot, and not just in a small section where it's like a confined area where you've got like a, a set of rules like a track and as long as everything near that track looks pretty and the cars that are driving on it you're fine it will set the bar for us for a track simulator but what we want to see ideally what i would class as like next gen or current yeah. gen would be something that's as equally as, as impressive as forza but on a much larger scale game like your Spider-Man or like yeah. your Avowed or like your Hellblade. It needs to have yeah. that same whoa, but what also effect. have like a bigger world. <laughs> yeah, Fable. Yeah. I feel like Fable could be that one, that game where you have like Hellblade will be super impressive, but what it won't be like super open world. I f- that it's it it will be more like a cinematic game not taking away anything that's definitely and it will be a technical masterpiece i have no doubt uh, absolutely on the grander yeah. scale on a grander like world map and everything i feel fable could be the one i don't know if starfield is going to be like that game where you sit down and say who that's visually next gen. Um, I have no. I think for Starfield, the one thing that's going to be wow, that looks that looks awesome is probably the vistas. Yeah, it so always has man. Like to this day, vistas. the vistas in Skyrim, like you can look at them and you say, "Oh God, dropped it, gorgeous." Yeah, but then of course yeah. when you start to look at the characters and everything, now this granted, this is now what twelve years old. Um, Starfield will will be improved upon that on every single way, but I agree. The vistas, um, landscapes, they will look phen- phenomenal. Um, but it's the typical character thing in, in a Bethesda yeah. game. So we shall yeah. see, man. Um, there's a lot in the pipeline. I also feel like, you know what I want to see is the next Tomb Raider. Man, if yes. you if you look at what Tomb Raider, um, the, actually the, the entire Tomb trilogy is really the, beautiful. Like the, yeah, and they are moving to Unreal Five now. I, yeah, that that's gonna be 
you know what else? That, By the way, I tell you what game I am also looking forward to seeing. Well, DLC Phantom Liberty. Oh yeah, that, next that's awesome. gen only. Mm. I'm actually thinking about getting this on on PC then, because you man, want to push it out. You want to really push it. <laughs> I bought I bought Cyberpunk on sale in I don't know last year some some Steam sale for I don't know whatever ten bucks or so. Um, because I wanted to see how it how it actually looks on a 3080, um, like ray tracing on and the volumetric fog effects and everything, and it's it's really a night and day difference. Um, oh yeah, yeah, it is. That's a, that's a thing. Like this is why we always laugh when we're like, because we're we're no strangers to PC, but we're also not not <laughs> not kind of blinded by the fact that consoles are like literally generations behind what the PC is capable yeah. of. Um, even the current gen, like yes, the current gen consoles haven't been maxed out yet, no. and there's still a lot more headroom for them to go. But yeah. PCs have have got so far ahead already yeah. of what's already. capable. Um, Indeed, I mean you always have to bring in, of course, here the price factor. Um, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Like and that is, I think that is what is so impressive. <laughs> <laughs> That's the impressive part about this gen. When you look at yeah. like. Uh, what you can get on the PC side of things. Now, when let me, but um, it, it's different. When the Xbox One and PS4 launched, and you took the the five hundred bucks um, and wanted to build a PC at the time, um, you probably could do that at the at the time, plus minus around. Yeah, so the consoles were on on more or less equal. Of course, leaving out monitors and everything. Yeah, just yeah, talking. yeah. Of course, talking about uh, hardware. Just that without and hardware, yeah. more or less. Yeah, you could argue maybe you had to spend I don't know six or seven hundred bucks to get the same like a, a Xbox One or PS4 could do when they came out, and that was significantly different two years ago when the the, the current gen consoles out. Like for five hundred bucks on the PC side of things, you were not even close to getting what what you got in the consoles. That doesn't mean, of course, that PC offers you the, the option to just opt in, and and tech has moved on, yeah, ever since. And now, now, just two good two years into the console generation, um, that's an entirely different, uh, uh, an entirely different story. That doesn't take away from the consoles' capabilities, not at all. For for the price, they are still very good hardware, very good oh, yeah. hardware, no doubt, no doubt. Um, and um, like you said, there's still a lot of headroom left, but that's the point, you know, about why I always say there is zero doubt in my mind that we will see like the mid-gen console refresh. Um, yeah. The technology on PC just moves on so much faster than this old eight-year console cycle. And so I have no doubt that we will see like the optional, and that's the keyword here, you know what, optional... You know it would be, I the next iterate for me. The next iteration of of consoles going forward would be to ditch the APU and just go back to having a CPU GPU as a separate form factor. I think that's the only way it's, consoles can actually progress and keep yes. up or be slightly in line with PC. I think having an APU is va vastly restrictive mm. because they both. 
Um, yeah. Highly, highly restricted in not only their form factor, but they are customized and specifically built for these consoles, yes. which means that they have to be tuned differently. They yeah. have to be built specifically where you have yeah. a separate CPU and a GPU. You can alter them. And you have a video no pool, memory pool, and, and RAM pool. And not just literally yeah. change up yeah. the GPU, change up the yeah. CPU, and then send a new unit out. Add a little bit more RAM. Like the cost of RAM these days on 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 PC is next to nothing. You can get like 64 gig DDR4 for like what 200, which is nothing. Yeah. Uh, and that's so much more kind of um, RAM headroom than you than you have on console. And of course, when they start selling officially, start selling DDR5 or GDDR5 um, sticks, that's going to yeah. go out a little bit further again. Um, but it's yeah, it's. Uh, I but I, I wonder where they would end up. Yeah, I wonder where they would end up price-wise if they drop the APU thing. I think it's that's probably the main reason why they're still sticking with that concept is is the price um, issue. Um, then, then again, you, you have a look at what they do in in gaming laptops now in these condensed form factor. 3090s and 4090s and things like that that are like wafer thin but are for the same output as the PC version that are like yeah. this big. Mm -hmm. and That's like, a very good point. Mm. Th there's obviously a it's... method to it. There's there's obviously a method to it to be able to fit it into a notebook. And of course, like notebooks and laptops are, are in in terms of their actual length wise, yeah. not much different to the size of a Series X or a You can arrange that. Yeah. You can arrange that. I I agree. Exactly. I don't think it's the form factor anymore. I don't think it's the form yeah. factor. I, it's solely the price, the the, the price thing. Um, and I've always said, man. I've always said, I want like, you know, like I appreciate Xbox doing, of course, the Series S and X thing. What I would love I, is, and I think I think you're getting to the same point here. I would I want, love. A pro version for PlayStation exactly. and Xbox that literally just puts all guns blazing. Exactly. And I also want exactly. the developers to stop, stop to stop limiting themselves to this console version of graphical presets. Exactly. When they on when they literally have the same architecture as PC, just give and us since... the exact settings options. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. We control and... our, our performance. That's what I want. Exactly, man. That's what I want. You're reading my mind, man. You're reading my <laughs> mind here. It's give like us, give us that, like the option like, to have it to have like a one thousand pound console that exactly. is like ultra beefy that just yeah. does anything you could want and lasts the lasts the entire gen, or yeah. give you that mid range one like the Series X or the PlayStation Five at like five hundred five hundred pound five hundred bucks kind of, pounds a good good middle exactly. ground one. And then yeah. if you really want to go down to like consumer level, like basic entry model, then you've got the Series S and things like that. That's uh, if you really want to go you know, that low. You shouldn't do that anymore. Just move on to do like the streaming thing. Yeah. Do that at the 100 uh, uh, euro range, 150 with a controller, something like that. And you get even like a then, streaming box. Even then if you just, if you slightly increase. So if you, this is where it gets a bit weird though. If you slightly increase the base model, like it's two fifty at the minute. If you increase the middle tier one to five fifty, increase the base model one to three fifty. You've got a hundred extra headroom there on the base model one. Gives it a little bit more GPU power. 
if the CPU is fine, we know the CPU is fine in the Series S because it's mm. exactly the same CPU that's in the Series X. So you just need that a little bit more GPU power, of course. We know it's only four teraflops now in comparison to the 12 yeah, that's, yeah. <laughs> that's on the Series X. <sighs> Even if you increase that to, to eight or six teraflops, like a little bit extra power, a mm. little bit more horsepower to go along with the CPU, it wouldn't be anywhere near as much of the outrage as it is now. But even saying that, like I say, that's it's a middle ground one. It's just giving yeah. those options if you still want to give those options. Um, but I don't think, like I say, if you give, okay, this is the your base entry level version. It's three fifty. It does the basics. Doesn't do any more than the basics. Yeah. Like games are ten eighty sixty or ten eighty hundred and twenty. Like don't even put two K on the box anymore. Just give them super high performance for a very low price. You're still getting good enough graphics and things like that, but you, it's all 1080. It doesn't go any higher than 1080. It has its upscaling method, so it looks okay on a big screen, but that's it. Then you have the middle tier one that can do you 4K or up to 4K, um, 60, 120, and then you've got your big beefcake top-end one that can do everything, bells, whistles, 4K, 120, ray trace, yeah. and all that block. That's... Those three tiers is how it how it how it ideally should be, and you can go into the shop and say, you know, it is. I'm like I don't game that much. I don't need like the uber powerful one, so I don't need yeah. to spend like a grand on this. I like, need my classic console, which is around the five hundred uh, euro mark. Yeah, yeah. I would do the the lower tier. I would do that differently. Honestly, I would just like eliminate that as the as a as a uh, so if you, offline if console. If like, you're going to eliminate and, the lower tier, then I think the middle tier needs to then come down in price. I'm not sure. Like you have, we've had that for forever. Like you have one console tier uh, at at the uh, 500 euro mark in between four and 500. Yeah, depending of course on general on the generation. And then and now you have a, like an ultra entry point. Really, like I, I the streaming stick thing. You know. I don't know, 50 bucks for the thing and 100 bucks with a controller or something like that. Yeah. Um, and and then you have this this uber-powered higher tier. I agree on that. In any case, why would I want that? Because I want them, what you said earlier, I want them to move away from that classic console hardware design where you have like specific console hardware. I yeah. want them to literally have like a proper GPU, a proper CPU. I want to have them a proper motherboard in there. I want to have them standard RAM in there. Yeah. Um, and RAM, want, and again, if you've got standard RAM or even laptop RAM, as it were. That's then, also standard for me. You know, yeah, but no, it, no but developer has like to specifically. Easily, it's, lit, it's so easily up, upgradable then from, yeah. from a user perspective. Like it's not it's just, just about the upgrading. It's for devs easier to develop for to yeah. because they no no developer ever has coded specifically for a laptop version of a RAM, yeah, never exactly. ever exactly. Yeah. So and Xbox has moved away from this. Like we make console games. Yeah, we, they make PC games and they port them to console. And you want to take away that extra pain. Of the uh, on the developer side of things, because at the end of the day, it is extra work to do that anyway, and that's probably why Sony still struggles with like the 
or so at least one part of the uh, the, the reasons why Sony struggles with the idea of porting, uh, uh, bringing the games to PC and console at the same time. They, they they start to optimize just for console, and then bring it to PC. That's like just a different approach. Not saying it's better, not at all, not at all. But I'm um saying uh, that of course, from a developer side of things, you have to develop for PC anyway. And you do that yeah. because you develop your P game on on a PC, and then you have to extra put in extra work to adapt the game to the console version. And now, of course, with Xbox, we have two console versions, like Series S and X. And at the end of the day, you have like the you have only like a certain budget, yeah. And it always everything you develop comes down to a budget, and you get like I don't know twenty thousand work hours to optimize your game for 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 for, for the consoles. And as a, as, a, as a third party developer, you have to split that budget then. Yeah. You have to take like 10,000 hours for the PlayStation version and then like 10,000 hours for the, for the Xbox version. And at the end of the day, market share is a thing. So you might end up, I don't know, give 12,000 of these hours to, to the PlayStation 5 version because you know, you will sell, sell like three times the amount of units there. You put in a little extra work there. You have like 8,000 hours left for the Xbox and you have to divide it between Series X and S. And then you end up, I don't know, um, with only 4,000 hours of optimizing for that particular platform. Uh, I think, by the way, that's one of the reasons why we see some some games perform better on on, on the on-paper weaker hardware of the PlayStation. It's just, just yeah. a, when we always say, oh, the devs didn't optimize, that's why they did it. Because it's at the end, it's budget. It, it's always come down, down to a certain budget. So now... Taking that pain away and just having the console ready as a PC, like yeah. the Steam Deck, the Steam Deck, take the Steam Deck. Yeah, you can do that approach. Um, so although the, the, the Steam Deck also has a customized chip, but in, in general, no one has to code separately for, for, for the Steam Deck. Uh, yeah. You know what I mean? So, yeah, um, anyway, um, that's that's what I want. Um, we shall see. Even, what even seeing that, I would think it's it's for me. When developers complain about the weaker console, I always I always go back to the fact that they've these are the same developers that are important for a PC, where the minimum benchmark on the PC and the minimum requirements are always below that of the the lowest denominator on console. Like when they like saying, "Okay, well, we can't do it on console because X, Y, and Z." And then they release their specs, and they've still got a GTX 970 on there or a 1080. I'm like, you're lying. Like it, the yeah. console can at this point, the console can definitely not be the problem if you're if you're able to run that game on a 1080, and it be performing absolutely 100. Remember the video two weeks ago? Yeah, that's exactly what I say. When people say, tell uh, and talk about oh the Series S holding things back, not at all. You always have to look at the lowest common denominator, and that's the minimum spec on PC. That is yep. what holds your game development back. The Everything time, else. The only time where that that makes sense is when you have a look, at, and there has been a few of PC games lately. When you have a look at the PC games that releasing, and they've got ridiculously high standards for what the game mm. should be running at. <laughs> like if you yeah, have sure. a look at the Last of Us um, Part One, which is coming out for PC. To run that game 4K 60 Ultra settings on PC, you need a 4090. <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> so you know it's not very well probably not very well optimized but on the other hand what are the minimum specs what are the minimum specs exactly. i don't know uh, but so i exactly. but i put uh, the example of stalker 2 in in my video as an example because it's ridiculously low what they need yep. as minimum specs on pc yeah um yeah. and this is what so, i'm saying about the series s specifically like you've one of the, the one of the major overheads is when is you're looking at resolution cost um and mm -hmm. graphical fidelity and if you're, you're one of your biggest overheads is the native resolution of what it's outputting is drastically reduced because um of course the console doesn't require it specifically the series s is a max output of 2k and it upscales itself to 4k mm. but it usually runs at 1080 and upscales itself from there and it does a fine job in it, it doesn't look bad yeah. um but it doesn't require it doesn't require any more than 1080p then you've, yeah. you've already saved a ton of resources on the native resolution output now if you go and then have a look at the level of or the the level of fidelity um, the the actual level of detail and things like that that you're outputting on the Series S. Again, it doesn't need to be as grand as that on the Series X or the PlayStation yeah. Five. You just drop those down again. You drop the shadow qualities down. Like you can save yourself an absolute boatload of overhead on the Series S. But I think it's a case of that they just don't want to put. And again, it goes down to resources, and by resources we mean hours. And they just yeah. don't they don't want to put in that time. And this is why I've I've kind of said myself, the only way we're going to see what the S is really, truly capable of is from first party. Because the, I'm not, the third party... I've heard that argument a lot many times. I have to... Sorry, I have to jump in here because I have heard that argument very, very often. The 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 That the true potential will only be seen in, in first party games. I'm not sure about that because at the end of the day, a few a few developers that are outliers that will just max out everything that they can. But I think, I think the only way the Series S will show its true colors will be from first party. Um, that Series is, X, fine. yeah, okay, uh, that that is something I can agree upon. But at the end yeah. of the day, also every first party developer has to make the game run on PC. They also yep. all come out on PC. And so, again, yep. yeah, depending on... Let's take Hellblade as an example. What Ninja Theory will decide to put in as the minimum spec on PC is what is basically, you know, the, the lowest common denominator. That That's what it is. Um, so I I agree that, that they will probably be the ones the first-party studios that get the biggest budget to port their games properly on consoles. And that's why we will see them perform very well on, on that. But in terms of when people want to see, like, the tools, you know, things like mesh shaders and everything, as long as the minimum specs on PC are not like... Now I have to lie... I think it's it was the 30 series RTX 30 series that first introduced on the Nvidia architecture mesh shaders. I'm not don't quote me on that. I think so. So like whatever that generation of graphic cards was that the first introduced that uh, on the Nvidia architecture, the, unless those will be the minimum specs, and it's hard to believe that a that developer puts out a game with a minimum spec of like a 3060 or something. Yeah. Um, it, it, you won't see those tools in action. 
you will just won't. Yeah. Uh, and it always comes down to the question, how much of a user base is a, a developer willing to leave behind? And that's the same for first party, because again, first party has to develop for PC and that audience as well, which I appreciate them. But at the end of the day, that will is the thing that will limit limit your your tools. But I agree with, the, with what you said on Series S and X, by the way, will get probably the biggest budget for developing the console versions on the first party side of things. So that's definitely where we'll where we'll see them shine. I just think um, it's not even just the X. I think I think X wise, it's performing. It's performing mm. as it should be. Really, of course, there's some outliers with some games that aren't optimized properly and happen to be optimized correctly on other consoles. Um, but with regards to the issues surrounding developers complain, or I say developers because it's very very small, limited mm. developers that are complaining about the Series S. But these devs that are. Um, I think it just boils down to optimization time. Not that it can't be done. I think it can definitely be done. And it can definitely run absolutely fine on a Series S. No problem. Yeah. I think there's plenty of budget still left in that little machine. And again, there's so much you, you can do, but they don't want to to scale it like they do on PC. And that's just something that we mm. want to see. We want yeah. to see more scaling options. Oh, if yeah. that needs to for be scaled sure. down to medium settings on a Series S, then do it. It's a budget console for a reason. Yes, People aren't buying the Series S to have Series X and PlayStation 5 yeah. tier graphics. They're buying the Series S because it's a budget console. Yeah, they don't, They're don't. they not there for the, the bells and whistles the, graphics. Absolutely. Yeah. It's the entry point. It's like, I want to just, I just want to play a game. And that's, yeah. that's why you buy that console. Yeah. I yeah. agree, man. I agree. So I have to briefly interrupt that our suicide squad in discussion. Hang on, go back to that. Yeah, because yeah, I don't know. We just got, got off the rails <laughs> a little bit. I don't know. So we talked like thirty seconds about suicide squad and then like thirty minutes about something else. However, yeah. I need to shout out Jonas that that because there's a super chat from him waiting for way too long in the chat. Uh, so, uh, thank you so much for the support and the five dollars. Uh, he says, "Love the show, great as always." So, is crying Ryan ending P uh, PlayStation? They may go to Sega after this. Hit that like button. Yeah, we will get about the Sony uh, to the Sony thing uh, uh, a little later in the show. A little later when we finish uh, the intensive discussion about Suicide Squad. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. But uh, yeah, man, uh, definitely would appreciate you guys hitting the like button. We have well above 100 live viewers here at the moment, which is absolutely awesome. And uh, the the support is um, uh, greatly appreciated. If you could do us the favor, just just hit the like button. Those little shows like us uh, do really appreciate uh, the the boost you you get in the uh, YouTube algorithm. So. Yeah, man, Jonas, thank you so much for the super chat and sorry for reading it so late. But yeah, we just got stuck there. So, <laughs> no, but now I can't get the like thousand, a thousand buck uh, Xbox Series X Pro or whatever it will be called. My head, and I'm also having like problems with the yeah, the camera with just my camera. Want to stay on today. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know what, I what it does. It the, just... I wonder if it's the cable. Might be a cable issue. Could be, could be. 
Now I would have to move my desk in order to yeah. get there. So I don't want to do that during the live <laughs> show. Fix it. Later. Uh, so I just so if if the camera turns off, I don't know why. I, so, anyways, yes, yeah, yes, back to Suicide Squad. It's um, we thought it looked good. Um, the out the outrage seems to be specifically around the battle pass. That was really where I saw most of it. It was the battle pass and the fact that it had DLC and yeah, I think like people just that's the point. That's the point. Like people are sick of games as a service games. I think that's just it. It can be a very very good game, and I feel like you know I've said that about Anthem. If Anthem would have marketed themselves not as a games as a service title, but as a single player game with optional co-op and just pe- and just people would have just played the campaign as it was and after you beat the final boss the game ended i think anthem would have been a success i do believe that like you had a game which had a 20 hour campaign 25 hours depending on how you played it which was great you had like a great combat system you had a great like graphics were cool, cool. Like okay, the story wasn't super impressive, but hey, um, I think it would have been a success. And I feel like this is a similar thing. If if we've seen it in the trailer, like they had like these these fast paced conversations and like tried to to get in the humor and tried to get in the seriousness. And I, they do, usually do a good job uh, at at Rocksteady with with those kind of things and. Then they have like a new combat system, different traversal system. It's it's a different game. It's not an Arkham knockoff game with with the Suicide Squad characters. It's just a different game. But if you, I think that the games as a service thing is what turns people off, um, even though it, it's optional. You can I I have no doubt that you can buy the game, play the campaign. That's probably how I'm going to do it. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to buy the game. I'm going to play the campaign. I will enjoy my, I don't know, 20, 25 hours of, of, of my playthrough. <laughs> yeah. And then I move on. And I had a great think, experience. You know what it is? I think, and this is a, a, one thing that people kind of aren't willing to accept, is you've got different types of games as a service games. You've got games of service games that are like Avengers and ended up with loot boxes and things like that. And and mm. those we don't want and we don't want to see more of. And then you've got the opposite end of the scale. You've got games as a service games like certain MMOs, for instance, which are like Elder Scrolls or Fallout 76, um, which continuously add to them, um, either with expansions or you've got new cosmetics, new armor sets and things like that, which are all entirely optional. And Sea of Thieves is a perfect example. Like all of the DLC, all of the everything that comes with Sea of Thieves is completely at no additional cost. So when they add new things to the game and they change the game, everyone gets it. Everyone's on the same plane. And the only things you can buy are ship sets, um, weapon sets and, and clothing. And none of it affects the actual gameplay it's just mm. sheerly cosmetic and that's how games as a service games should be done so you should have these rolling free updates that evolve as the game goes so if the game gets 
different and it changes it and you evolve it. And like in Sea of Thieves at the moment, you've got a place called Golden Sands, which is went from a little island and now we do a huge city outpost. And they're literally changing that week on week. You can go into the server and every week there's another part of Golden Sands being built and changed. And they're doing that every week until Golden mm. Sands has been massive. So you're actually seeing the building of an entirely new island live as the weeks progress in Sea of Thieves, which is something that a lot of games service games haven't done. And I think from what I saw about Suicide Squad was that this was another one where the content was vastly and mostly cosmetic. No. There wasn't anything there that would restrict players from playing with each other. They said, literally said, it's all cosmetics. They said so that. I don't, I don't understand the back. I can, I, I would fully understand the backlash on a games as a service game if it was a case of right, this is the games as a service game and there's gonna, it's gonna be rammed full of loot boxes and no one gets the same updates as everybody else. So to get this one, you need to buy yeah. this expansion to get this, and then it locks people out. I can understand the outrage there, but if it's just cosmetic as they've said it is. And people are having that outrage, and like they're gonna have a bit of a shock when Sony's 10, 10 games as a service games that are in development at PlayStation <laughs> start mm. rolling through because there's gonna be a, a lot of them to 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 fail and or succeed there. It's it's not gonna be an easy task, and there's gonna be games as a service games, but it has to be it has to be done well, and games like yeah. Grounded and Sea of Thieves. And Minecraft, those are games as a service games that are done yeah. very well. Yeah. They don't disrespect you. Everybody's on the same level footing. Everybody gets the same updates. Yeah. The only things there are cosmetics. You can make yourself look different to everybody else. They're constantly adding new cosmetics in there. They're doing limited time ones and event-specific ones and stuff like that. So everybody can take part and be a community. And that's what games as a service game should be. It should be an ever-evolving world that you go along with through time. You don't miss out on anything because the missions that you start off with are always there. And I think that's that's part of the reason why Destiny had its backlash, because they yeah. started to remove missions from the game. They removed yeah. content that was there from the start, and now you can't play some of the originals. Like It literally doesn't exist. They deleted a lot of the original game. It's gone from yep. Destiny. You can't even go back and play it if you wanted to now. It's gone. It's vanished. That's, that is that is a, a games as a service model you don't want, is when they start yep. removing things from, from the game. That are, like That is literal law. Like, they yep. took story out of Destiny. And it's, just, it's... Whoop, gone. Yeah. That is, that's the outrage I can understand. The Suicide Squad outrage around simply cosmetic additions i don't get it i don't i never and i never will i'll never understand that outrage i agree on that and uh, adding up on that in in the case of suicide squad specifically it's rocksteady have they ever disappointed maybe arkham city wasn't on um arkham knight wasn't on the same level as arkham city would agree yeah. there but it was still a phenomenal game so I have not played a bad Rocksteady game. So they definitely deserve the benefit of the doubt here. Um, so, yeah, man, it's kind of looks like it's it's getting delayed. Honestly, in May, especially since they wanted to come out like May 28th or so, very end, tail end of May, 
I feel like it is anyway the right move because it's getting crowded at that spot. It is just like like a week after Breath of the Wild, uh, Breath of the Wild, Tears of, Tears of the Kingdom is going to come out. Um, like six days later, we have Diablo. We have um, Final Fantasy at around that time. May is crowded, especially the tail end and very of May and very beginning of June. So it could be a wise move because so far, at least for the holiday season, outside, of course, now Starfield, and we get to that in a second, we don't know much about the second half of, of, of 23 from Xbox or the third parties so far. So could be could not be the worst idea. I just wonder how much of of game actual chain uh, uh, or yeah meaningful changes they can do to the game with that kind of delay. If the Q4 that Chess Gordon tweeted out turns out to be true, I'm sorry. So what was going on with your horse there? <laughs> no idea. <laughs> He's like walking up on his two front legs. <laughs> I don't know. It's it's it sometimes it, it re- very rarely happens, but when you try to <laughs> climb mountains with your horse, it kind of gets stuck there. Uh, <laughs> like, oh, I love them kind of bugs. They are uh, me too, man. <laughs> me too. Um, that's why I hope that Starfield will have at least a couple of yeah, those classic Bethesda bugs, yeah, man. We're gonna have a couple of classic ones in there. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, they will have to bring out like the bug patch uh, or yeah. bug mod where they <laughs> like yeah. bring them yeah. in. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. So, what was I about to say? Uh, I lost my train of thought. Doesn't matter. Um, Sorry. Damn it. No problem. <laughs> Anyways, um, man. Xbox is getting some new hardware. It at least that's what the the leaks um, have said. This week, uh, it, it turns out that Xbox is do- gonna bring out a new toaster that is gonna look like the Series S. <laughs> you seen that, man? Yeah, I seen that. Following yeah, seen up that. on the fridge, yeah. Now we get a toaster. So the question is here. They've already uh, done a Walkman as well, but they didn't sell the Walkman. Right. It was like just like a um, Twitter giveaway thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, was, it was for um, influencers. They give them like a tape recorder that looked like a Series mm. S. Which is a damn so, shame. Yeah, it's not the kind of hardware I want. To, I want I want the Elite 3, but... Yeah. Uh, <laughs> we keep getting good. household items instead. so now we're we're getting to that point where we really have like the xbox household you have the fridge you have the toaster like yeah the next thing will be the microwave or something i don't know um (laughs) but man let us let us briefly talk about um well it probably won't be easy so brief uh let us talk about the current status of ABK and and the CMA and the Sony and and everything that that happens and goes on uh, on that side of things um, because this week you know whenever 
whenever Lulu posts something. I'm, I'm getting t- kind of tired of the entire ABK deal, like a lot of people. But whenever Lulu posts something, it's kind of hilarious. Um, so she pointed out, uh, and for those who don't know uh, what, who Lulu is, she's like the head of the legal department um, at, at Activision Blizzard. And she said um, that Sony obviously stated uh, that they do not want to deal. They just want to block the merger. Uh, um, and Microsoft is also running like uh, full f- page ads now, in, apparently in the UK. I don't know if you've seen that, but in the Financial Times, they printed like an ad that says the company um, will be able to bring a Call of Duty to 150 million more players. They printed that as an ad in Financial Times. Um, so, yeah, but the, the one of the big conversation points this week, uh, before we get to the other one, uh, is, of course, um, that Sony does apparently not want a deal. Uh, they will just want to block the merger. Man, we, we've talked about this, that Sony kind of maneuver them into this into this lane where they can't get out of this looking like a good or trustworthy business partner really doesn't matter how, what we think right now uh, about this but like all their other business partners look at this as well and how they behave here and what what comes out of this and um so man what what do you think um lulu pointing it out that they just want to block it. Yeah, and I think some people think as well, this is this the strangest thing. People treat Lulu as if she works for Microsoft. She doesn't she work no. for Activision, Activision Blizzard. She said something is- like uh, they d- did not want to take the deal that Microsoft offered them, which was significantly better terms that we, as ABK, would actually offer them ever. Yeah, yeah. Yep. Um. And I think people, like I say, people go on and treat Lulu as if she works for Microsoft. Mm. She doesn't. She works for Activision Blizzard, which is it's even yes. worse for Sony, because this is we're, we're talking about a company that's being that petulant to one of their largest, what they claim is their largest vendor, their largest third-party deal that they have that yeah. essentially keeps all of their first-party IP running, and they're treating them like that. Like, do they honestly think it's, that the relationship so, is is going to be better off once they've trapped their biggest? I don't know. It vendor? baffles me. What What do they think? If this, let's assume that the deal gets blocked. What do they think? How will the working relationship in between an ABK and and Sony be like? If those yeah. are the guys that blocked that thing, I don't know exactly. And if 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 for some reason the deal didn't go through. That, that that relationship is going to be truly soured. And do they honestly think that going forward they'd be doing exclusivity deals with PlayStation anymore, regardless of how big they are? Like if if Sony claimed they from from their contract, which is something like seventy thirty or something at the minute that they've got with Activision Blizzard, if they claim that that earnings is significant for them, they've got to look at the other side for Activision Blizzard, who have that seventy percent. Who are earning far more than PlayStation? Yeah. They don't need to worry about a thirty percent slice going missing. They can just go. We don't care. 
we'll give Xbox the, the exclusivity. Yeah. We'll make a Nintendo version. We'll hold up that part of the bargain that we agreed with Microsoft. We'll do the Nintendo version. Oh, do you think? I, I'm not sure if that's going to happen. Oh, I think, I'm not I think so. I think, you think I so? Think, yeah, I think the working relationship, I think following this, regardless of what happens, I think the working relationship between Microsoft uh, and Activision Blizzard will be far stronger than it's ever been, um, regardless of whether or not it goes through. And I think mainly because of they've seen a new side to one of the competitors that they didn't think they'd mm. see. Specifically one that's like, it's, 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 it, I understand them defending a stance, but there is sometimes a case of don't bite the hand that feeds you. And that's exactly what they're doing with Activision Blizzard. So they're not attacking like Xbox when it comes to this. This is a quote that they've said to Activision Blizzard, not Microsoft. If they're saying we want to block your deal to Activision Blizzard, Lulu, that that isn't saying it to Microsoft. That's saying it to and it doesn't make any sense. Like, why would you want to harm your own relationship with one of your it's, largest vendors? That's the thing. That's the thing. I mean, I get why Sony does not want this merger to happen, but at what cost? Um, and I know I've seen a lot of people argue on on Twitter about this that okay of course that was something that they that they said behind closed doors and lulu kind of came out and made it public uh that's also like an unprofessional behavior but at the very end i feel like what is the more unprofessional behavior here um the comment lulu just or making public the comment <laughs> i'm not sure i'm not sure you know um and Lulu knows exactly what she does within, like, first of all, of course, the legal range. Um, yeah. I have no doubt. Um, and the other thing is um, she knows exactly how to use, like, the the, the poor behavior of, 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 of the, the Sony department right now uh, in yeah. their favor. So... Yeah, I don't think uh, that this is unprofessional in any way. And the any thing case. is, well, is if if there was any untruths in the quote, if there was any yeah. untruths, she would have been, regardless of whether or not it's a person, yeah, yeah, absolutely, she would have been asked absolutely. to remove it. Yeah, yeah, and she would have also had a DMCA from um, or or some form of takedown request from Sony. She would have had it if there was any untruths. Indeed, this is what people yeah. aren't understanding, like. You can't make a comment like that without without something behind it. And the only way to take that down from either mm. side would be if the, if there was no proofing behind that statement. <laughs> yeah, you, there has to be a requirement. There has to be a level of factual to to produce a statement to, like that. Yeah, indeed, indeed. At her level, regardless of whether or not it's a personal account, and Lulu's made had had to make this statement a few times and say, "Listen, this is my account." Like, this isn't my work account. This mm -hmm. is my account. I can say what I want to say and what I need to say. So so I'll say it. <laughs> it's yeah. essentially the way she's putting it. And that's fair. She wants to speak out on it and, and just lay it out as it is and kind of give clarity on the situation and what's actually being said and know that legally she can do so. Then, yeah, let, let her get on with it. Um, I don't see any any harm in bringing to light the actual facts of it of the statement, um, but I think Sony, 
I think the, the, even that wasn't the funniest thing that came out the back of it, to be honest. Um, and we'll get to the rest of it, but the, I think the funniest thing was actually um, Sony claiming that Microsoft would intentionally gimp the game after launch. <laughs> Let's talk about that for a second. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I hit, hang on, where do I have the quote? Um, because it really... Um, I, it's like tinfoil hat kind of completely not there. Uh, like, come on. It's, again... I get why they want to try to block it. I do get it as it's it's their biggest competitor outside of Nintendo, of course. Um, but yeah, Nintendo is kind of playing a little bit in a different ballpark or league. I, it just they, they just do. But so I do get why they do it. They want to do it. But it has, you know, it has to do for me with like reputation, with like believability ability like and and when you say things like that it's like how do i phrase it properly i want to say like what would sony do what would sony do uh, that's, that's if exactly they what were put on exactly their shoes they want to buy that and it feels like with these arguments that they put put out there like Every day or every week, uh, they put out like these these weird statements, and it feels like they took their playbook. What would we do with our yep. game if it, if Call of Duty was ours, um, and bring that out as an argument? Um, because we've seen that in the past. Yeah, they said like third party deals making taking games away, like all these arguments it were like, okay, that's what Sony actually does. Now they have run out of these obvious things and, and Microsoft kind of countered them all. Like, we're not going to take them away. They've s signed legal bi legal binding contracts with Nintendo, with NVIDIA. So all the things that Sony does, yeah, withhold exclusive content, like getting maps first, getting content first, um, like paying for parity, like, yeah, all these, th these things that we know that Sony actually does. Microsoft already countered. And so now it, it feels to me like, okay, now they're bringing out the playbook of things they, at, to at least to our knowledge, they haven't done so far, but that's what kind, it kind of feels like to me when they said things like this, that um, Sony uh, uh, um, claimed that uh, Microsoft could launch Call of Duty with intentional bugs on PlayStation. It tells the UK watchdog that Activision merger should be blocked um, or Call of Duty divested because this would happen. Um, There's like zero grounding for it though. And this is where what we say is like why they would take, they're taking it from their own kind of rule book yes. because it's kind of like they're looking in the mirror and have extreme and like paranoia because they've done it themselves. So they, they're like, well, we've done it. So what's to say that they wouldn't do it? I'm like, well, first of all, Microsoft would just say, well, look at the track record. First of all, Minecraft Dungeons runs the same, if not better on PlayStation. Minecraft runs better on PlayStation. Like Outer Worlds runs the same, if not better on PlayStation. Like there's, there's countless things throughout the course of this where games that have been released on both platforms have either ran better or ran the same on PlayStation. Yeah. So like, so 
I don't know like where they're getting this idea that we'll intentionally gimp a game that goes onto Xbox when we've actually seen that this year. Several games that have marketing rights with PlayStation happen to be better on PlayStation and be terrible on Xbox and then yeah. have to get patched for Xbox afterwards. And they've all, they always put the slogan, plays best on PlayStation, on everything that they release that's got advertised with it. Play it first on PlayStation. Plays best on PlayStation. No mm. wonder why it says that. We know why it says it, because, of course, there is... They've got these these clauses within their contract that says that it has to have either technical parity or be better. Yeah. And that's why yeah, they're so that's why they've got this paranoia head going on, and they're just like, well, tinfoil hats going on here. What if Xbox waits until the game releases and then patches in bugs to break it? Yeah. Like that is extreme, like ridiculous. Extreme ridiculous um arguments. I agree. Um, doesn't make sense at all. Uh, but yeah, yeah. Pa I think paranoia kind of kind of hits the nail on the head here. Um, so uh, I have the feeling that sh I don't know the deal or the or like the watchdogs, the CMA and the EU and the FTC. They all come to a close of their findings, more or less. Like in a good month, six weeks, seven weeks. Uh, end of, mid end of April, all these these different different institutions have to give their shout, yeah, yeah or nay. So Sony kind of runs out of time. They if they're not gonna take the deal anytime soon, there might not be a deal. Yeah, I'm I'm not saying that Microsoft is gonna take away Call of Duty from from PlayStation immediately immediately. Um, but they don't have a deal. Um, do you, do you think this is something that could happen, or uh, yeah, is, is you it, know where it is? I don't think I don't. What I what I think would happen is, of course, yeah, they might not sign a deal. Um, and if if they don't sign a deal, I, I don't foresee Xbox removing Call of Duty from the platform. But what I can see is them saying, "Listen, you didn't sign a deal for technical parity. You didn't sign a deal for everything day and date on your console, the same as everybody else." Mm -hmm. You were offered that deal. The deal was actually better than you one you had, which happened yeah. to include exclusivity. They've also said if it goes onto our Game Pass service, you can have it in your PlayStation Plus service. They've said that. They said, said that. We, they reassured yeah. this this week as well. Yeah. Yeah. They literally said if we put it in the Game Pass, you can have it in PlayStation Plus. If you any, choose to. any of them and all content that goes in the yeah. Game Pass, you can have in PlayStation Plus. Which yeah. is it, which is part of the game service things. So it's going to come to a point, and this is the thing where we'll say, "Well, you were offered the deal, the original deal's there, but we're not going to improve them. And if you don't, if you choose not to accept it, then it's just a rolling contract on your current agreement. It's it's never going to get any better. But you're also mm -hmm. never going to have exclusivity agreements, and it's never going into your service. Yeah. So you can spit your dummy back out as much as you want, but we offered the deal to everybody. Yes. Everybody else has all of yes. these lovely bonuses and you've spat your dummy out, so you're not getting yep. them. Everybody else has got parity and you chose not to have I it. I think Xbox would actually do that. It feels like, you know, it feels like the petty thing to do. Oh, and the, and sometimes yeah. probably the right thing to do just to, you know, it's, to put you out your stance. It, it would be is Xbox that feisty? 
if I think it would be it would be ultra petty if they removed the game entirely. Yeah. But I don't think it would be petty if they just said, Well, listen, you're not getting a day and date and it's not going in your service. Mm. We offered you the option to have both and you've rejected that. So we're not gonna be they like at some point they've got to stop getting walked over themselves and say, Listen, we offered you these options. I'm not just gonna have that option available to you indefinitely. If you want to come back and renegotiate in the future, then we'll renegotiate. Mm. But there is an expiry to this deal. If you don't yeah. accept this deal post-close, then you have to come back and renegotiate a deal that's that we can come to an agreement on. And it's on our and terms, not on everybody else's terms. Yeah, yeah. And I, I think agree. that's the way it'll go down. I think they'll just say, listen, we'll renegotiate then. But it's on our terms now. Yeah, I, I, I do have the feeling that is what's what's probably gonna gonna happen then. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I I, I agree there, man. Um. You know, we've said this for like the entire, almost the entirety of the that we had the discussion that Sony probably over dramatizes the importance of Call of Duty. I know you've been saying that. Um, I've been saying that. I've seen a lot of others in the community say that. This week, we got actually confirmation from Xbox about that. Or more or less confirmation. Um, Rima Alaili is the corporate vice president of Microsoft's competi competition law group. And she told Axis uh, in, in an interview that, the, that Xbox... Um, Firm commissioned a YouGov survey in January, and the finding was that just 3% of all PlayStation players would switch to Xbox should it make the series exclusive to its platform following the completion of the Activision Blizzard deal. So, of course, it's a, it's a survey. It's it's doesn't Very mean limited. it's set in stone, yeah. uh, but. Usually, uh, if if you pay like a lot of money to for for to an institution like YouGov, at least the ballpark is right. So whether it's three, four, or two percent, really doesn't matter. But that's the ballpark we are talking about. So let's assume under five percent would would switch actually. So uh, with Call of Duty to to PlayStation. Is the importance actually there? Because people always discuss when it, when it comes to ABK only like it's it's all about Call of Duty. But man, I know the deal is done for mobile. They've said that multiple times. They confirmed this week that they plan to, after the acquisition, they plan to move the storefront, the mobile storefront uh, forward. Yeah. Um They want to have like comp competitive um, mobile storefront um, towards Apple uh, and, and, and of course, um, 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 especially Android. Um, no wonder Google is saying no. <laughs> We don't want that much yeah. to happen. Uh, but yeah, um, do you think that the importance of Call of Duty is overrated in that scenario? Um, yeah, absolutely. The only reason it... it it looks like this to the public and even right now from Microsoft is because they want to um, reassure. So to Microsoft, Call of Duty means little to them, mm -hmm. but they understand the importance to 
regulators, competitors, and the general public that Call of Duty is still a massive IP. It's not to say that Call of Duty is is not a massive IP. I think Microsoft are just... They're stressing that right now to make sure that the general public knows that they can forever play their game on whatever console they want to play Call of Duty on. Mm. However, internally, Call of Duty is not the focus point. Call of Duty is like third, fourth down the pecking order when it comes to what this deal is about. Like it is very much still mobile. It's still king. It's still cloud. It's yeah. that side of the business that is the main thing for them. And they've already ironed out the cloud issues. Like regulators aren't bothered about the cloud and they're not bothered about multi-game services anymore. Like both of those things are pretty much satisfied now because yeah. Microsoft have already signed deals with all of the other multi-game services or those who offer services such as Steam, i.e. Valve, such mm. as uh, NVIDIA GeForce Now, um, and anybody else who wants a contract and wants these games in their service or subscription service can do so if they just contact Microsoft and negotiate a contract. Um, so the fact that they're willing to go out there and say, listen, we, you can have these games in your services should you want them in your services, that's kind of ruled out the the issue that they've got with multi-game subscription services, they're saying, listen, we're not going to dominate with all of our content. If you want our content on your service, you can have it. Like It's a, it's only a benefit to us because that means more people play our games and we still get a cut from it. Yeah, like it, it makes no sense to restrict it. And these, when you're talking about these other subscription services, the likes of even if Google was still around or Amazon or NVIDIA, they are not console gaming. These are like... Like really niche streaming services, like they're not in direct competition with with the yeah. consoles in any way, shape, or form. So it wouldn't make a blind bit of difference what games appear there. I w- I wonder why Microsoft is never using that argument, at least to to our knowledge or the public knowledge. Um, that like, hey, we we want to break up the monopoly of storefronts on mobile. Yeah. Because so and far, there is, there's literally Google which, and Apple. Yeah, exactly. That's what I mean. Yeah, like as soon as you are in either of the ecosystems, you are dealing with a monopoly. You cannot. Yep. Yeah. Apple's, Apple's by far the worst mobile monopoly. Once you are in that ecosystem, you are stuck forever. <laughs> that's that's the thing. Mm. So I wonder why we never hear that argument. Like what yeah. what the the the, the the, the merger would do good for for mobile. Yeah, the, well, that's the, mobile the thing. Like, if you have a look at any of the regulators, not one of them have had a concern about mobile. Not None. one. I can't remember one single argument, and that's the thing. That's why I wonder why why Microsoft themselves do not try to steer this. Probably they do. Yeah, but uh, <laughs> that's just not just what, not what what we've been hearing. Um, so. Yeah. Yeah, if it is, if it was a concern, it was that minor that it wasn't something that would be a restrictive issue, which is why it was kind of waved out of the final conclusions because it hasn't been there for the final conclusions. None of the big mobile companies have raised concerns. Mm. Like none of them have come out and said, no, this is a concern. Uh, The only ones that are concerned about the mobile segment, as you've Mm. mentioned, were Apple and Google, and they okay. own the mobile storefronts. Uh- <laughs> Do you? Yeah. 
Tom from Toonami in the chat and also Happy Cloud Gamer point out that they apparently said that and used that argument in the response to the CMA. Um, so, okay, good. Uh, might have missed that. Um, yeah. It's still definitely not the big topic or point, uh, talking point that they, they tried yeah, to Yeah, I think to the, the main talking the point for them has been cloud um, multi-game subscription yeah. services and Call of Duty. I think cloud is, is done now. Cloud is resolved. Um, multi-game subscription services, I would say that's resolved. I think the only sticking point, and even then I think this is resolved now as well, is okay. that Sony is the only one that isn't signing a, an agreement, whereas the yeah, rest of definitely. the industry is happy with it now. So the rest yeah, of I mean, the industry has now pretty much reduced its concerns. Another large merger competitor in Tencent has also said, like, listen, we're happy with this now. We're fine. So even them, as a big kind of Chinese, in, should we say, investor, a massive yeah. investor, is also saying, listen, we're, we've got no issues with this anymore. We're good. Yeah. So even they've set it under the carpet. It's literally so near the only outlier here. And it comes to a and point where all of the regulators will look at this and say, listen, the only man. company with an issue yeah. now is Sony. Agreed. It, I agree, man. Now are we now are we now are we protecting a business or are you protecting the market? And yeah. when there's only one company saying that it affects affects the market, and the other companies say it doesn't affect the market and they have no more concerns. Yeah. When does that become you are in the minority, not the majority, Sony? And unfortunately, your concerns are not great enough to warrant blocking this deal. Facts, man. I agree. I agree. And you know what? Uh, Sony is is looking to make some acquisitions themselves. Yeah. Yeah, they've got five um, billion. Billion. Exactly. Yep. Exactly. So uh, this is what they had to say this week. We spent almost 1.3 trillion yen by the end of last year. We have another year... Um, we would like to create more than 3 trillion yen cash flow in three years' time. Next year, next year is the last year in our current mid-range plan. We're going to allocate operating cash flow to strategic investments and capital expenditure as well as uh, share buyback. Um, so that converted over to, to US dollars. That's around um, 5 billion that they want to spend on... Other acquisitions didn't necessarily say gaming space, but given yeah. that this is like the giant part of the company, for you... Sony, yeah, for, unlike Microsoft, when they're talking about acquisitions, yeah. that could be anything. With yeah, yeah, when it yeah. comes to Sony, you could contribute most of that to gaming because that's the biggest profit margin for mm. Sony by a long shot. Like PlayStation <laughs> is money king for them. Shout out to Bellatone in the chat. I love it. Some organic purchases. I love it. Good lord. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's uh, that's the organic growth. Um, we 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 see. Um, I mean, and Justin Lambert in chat. He says uh, somehow they're going to buy Take Two with that money. According to fanboys, I would say they're probably going to buy take, but not the two. <laughs> mm -hmm. A little bit. 
an investment. <laughs> yes, <laughs> but not all indeed. Of it. Indeed. It'll buy the front I mean, door. <laughs> I mean, if you look at the purchases that they did over the last two years or so, they, they bought like a lot, like at least 10 studios. Uh, none of the, uh, not all of them are like the big AAA ones. Like there were a lot of support studios as well, like uh, Fire, Fire Sprite or what they are called, for instance. So it, anyway, they never, outside of Bungie, um, they went for like a high profile acquisition. Um, and and even Bungie was done in like less than, I want to say six months or so. Um, because the deal was just at, at the edge of this of the size where it's getting looked at more in depth yeah so i wonder how this would go if they would like to go out and spend the five billion on a, on a bigger um acquisition and then they have to defend themselves in front of the regulators would be would be interesting to see man um but i i assume that they will spend like the money on on smaller lower and uh, uh, profile studios and rather have more than than one bigger one um what do you think well, that's the thing i think we're we're expecting now because microsoft's not done with acquisitions either the problem is is they they're needing to get this one finished before they can do anything else but i think from microsoft's side it's they're going to definitely focus on smaller acquisitions studios um indies and things like that going forward they're going to get mm. they're going to kind of space out a few of the other smaller guys and kind of get a few smaller teams on board um mainly just to to pack out game pass in different avenues so like little family games from little indie developers and little these other little cutesy games and things like yes. that so i think they're going to kind of aim for that after this uh, purchase and those won't need the scrutinization because they'll be that finite yeah, yeah, in yeah. value they'll be like 20 30 50 100 mil it's like when they bought like when microsoft bought like a ninja theory you did not even hear that uh because it's just just not big uh big enough um those those yeah. kind of deals get scrutinized at at, at higher volumes uh, yeah and bigger budgets um exactly. which is why so. we saw that year when microsoft like purchased five six studios off the belt yeah. Like and all of these guys are joining us. <laughs> like what? <laughs> There's six, like, six, six new developers. Honestly, awesome. <laughs> honestly, that's the thing about. It. I've said this before. You know that the ABK acquisition is not for me. It, it's just not. No. Console gamers. Uh, I'd be. More, I, I would be super. Like my my one specifically, and I've said this for a while. I think we've both said this. The one we'd be most happy about, I think, would be a Sobo. A Sobo, a Crytek. I would love that. Even people can fly things like studios like that. I would would love that. And if they get like, if they take honestly, if they take like one billion, they could put, yeah. buy like. I'm I'm making stuff up now, of course. I don't know the real numbers, but like you take a billion, and you can buy like three, four, five of these kind of studios. Like how yeah. much was Insomniac? Insomniac was two hundred five million. There you go. Less uh, so with a billion, you can for, buy four Insomniacs. Um, uh, so you get a Sobo, you get Crytek, and you get like people can fly. And honestly, all of that would be, excite me more than yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. me personally. I mean, like, like, you say, like you say, like Activision Blizzard, like the the IPs that 
they've got is fantastic, but absolutely not ones that would are, are exciting me. Like I am more excited in the capabilities of a Sobo. I've seen what a Sobo are capable of, and they are mm. still, still, I would say, in the early phase. Like it's they've their their biggest yeah. hits, their biggest hits have been assisting on flight sim and using their engine for flight sim, which is phenomenal. Plague Tale Requiem, Plague. Plague um, um, I've forgotten the first one. Innocence, 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 innocence. Yeah, um, and phenomenal. And that was their own engine. <clears throat> yes, phenomenal. Absolutely. So, so I think, and we're having a look at them. We'll have a look at as you mentioned, Crytek. With the Crytek engine is just insane. Yeah. And if you put a little bit more budget behind Crytek, they could be one of they could reach the pinnacle of studios again, right. as they once were. Crytek yep. were once one of the top tier developers, like pushing the boundaries. Yes. And now they're kind of struggling with funding and they could really do with a little bit more support. And I think Microsoft should get That's them in. Exactly that. Yeah. Done. Exactly. Exactly. So, and that's the thing. Um, they have been stuck on this ABK deal for over a year now. Um, yeah. Yeah, uh, even before the the thing got public, they, their hands were bind. So it's almost one and a half years now or something like that. Yeah, a year and five months or so that where their hands are tied. And ima just imagine what they are, what else they could have done. Um, so, um, for, yeah. For, for Sony, I see them acquiring part of Square, Square Enix. Yeah, I yeah, can yeah, see Square. Good. I can see Square divesting more of their studios and Sony yeah. snapping up those divested studios. Especially Sony are the... still going full charge into blockchain and F and and um, yeah, yeah, uh, NTCs or whatever they're called. Um, yeah, and that's what they're focusing on. And I think that's going forward. That's what you'll see more of from Square. Um, I think they've kind of lost their impetus there now, but I think. We've already seen what's happening with Sony's relationship with Square. It's already pretty much exclusive anyway. We're never seeing those games come to come to Microsoft or any other platform for that matter. So, <laughs> so we may as well just get used to that. And I think it makes on, on Square Enix's side. I think they they're happy or quite willing to divest those those the remaining studios. Out. I agree. Um... It seems like the obvious thing to do. Um, so I, I don't think I could also honestly see Sony go try to go after Sega. Yeah. Because uh, simply they know that the name carries a lot of impact. Yeah. And I'm not sure. I, I honestly have no idea what Sega is worth these days. But obviously about they are not the same anymore. Uh, no, no they're they about, I think they're about. Anywhere between two and a half and four billion. Something, yeah. So that's definitely then in the ballpark of, of the possible. Um, and it carries a lot. So, yeah, when I think about ABK, honestly, I still always feel like, okay, everyone, Call of Duty, yeah, cool. 4.3. 4. There you go. Like, absolutely in the ballpark for, 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 for Sony. Um, Activision Blizzard, I think about these IPs that they could revive, and that has me excited. I want them to revive like 
Starfield, eh, Starfield. Um, we're going to talk about Starfield in a second. Uh, Starcraft, Starcraft Ghost especially would be awesome. Like Tony Hawk, yeah. Even things like a Pitfall would excite me. There's a lot of potential IPs they could revive that would excite me a lot more than what they bring in um, outside of Diablo. That's the one <laughs> thing that excites me uh, about this. But other than that, um, yeah, it just is what it is. Um, so the, the question really is how many, how many of these IPs will they actually revive? If we see one, I think that's a lot because we, Xbox has a lot of IPs they could revive. Uh, I think, of- I think what we'll see is if, if things, and again, you're seeing, again, you don't expect them to actually use the IPs much, but I think using studios such as Toys for Bob in the right way could utilize a lot of the Mm-hmm. Ch- uh, the family games that even Microsoft have, your banjo kazooies and yeah. things like that. Like Toys for Bob would be the absolute perfect developer for banjo game. Perfect. Yep. Look at the the tremendous work they did on Crash Bandicoot, Crash Team Racing, Crash Trilogy, Spyro. Like these are phenomenal remakes of classic IPs. Yeah, and I think having them work on a banjo again even start them off for the remake of Banjo, get that fresh look and that fresh feel for these classic Banjo games, bring those to modern gamers, and then let them loose on a new IP. I think it would be phenomenal work. That's what I'd love to see. That's the biggest thing that I can think of from, and I've said this since day one, my biggest thing is I'm so excited by what Toys for Bob managed to do with the Crash Mm. and Spyro and everything. I'd love for them to be utilized with some Microsoft IPs that we haven't seen for a while, like yeah. your Banjo. Like if Banjo was done correctly, that is a direct co- competitor to Ratchet and Clank. Yes, absolutely. Yeah, even a Spyro, you could develop the, that. Yeah, IP but Spyro, I mean, even, even if you like push the boat out, like you massively yeah. push the boat out, and you see Spyro Crash remaining multiplat go everywhere. Right, you push the boat out and you say that as they are mm. legacy IPs and everybody knows them and everybody loves them. So Microsoft are really friendly with it and they just give everybody those IPs and everyone can play them. Fine. Yeah. I still think that Toys for Bob can be utilized for like you meant like we mentioned banjos and things like that. Mm. And and it would just be insane. I think that would be where you'd get a huge market kind of push there. You could properly turn Banjo into that again, or there's, there's quite a number of them actually. There's yeah. quite a number of huge IPs that they could go back to and and look at. And hmm. yeah, the potential is there. The potential is there. But that's I think it's it's time to talk about the big elephant in the room that we have not talked about just yet. But before we talk about Starfield, um, I need to shout out the. 109 live viewers we have here right now. Super appreciate you guys taking the time out of your schedule and, and lending us your ears um, and eyes, maybe. Um, so uh, that means a lot. And if you do enjoy the show, it would be absolutely awesome of you guys to hit the like button. And of course, if you're new here, we also appreciate a consideration of a, su- a subscription of the channel. It's free. Uh, it helps us a lot, and uh, we, we truly appreciate the support, guys. So, um, Dutch, 
Pong was wrong. Pong was wrong. The marchers fall. There we go. There we go. Um, I must admit, I'm, I was also wrong. I, and I, 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 and I, I had the furthest out date of all of us. <laughs> yes, that's true. Uh, so, Starfield coming yeah. September 6th. You know, yeah. at first, at first, it, it confuses me because they, they it, I watched yeah, the trailer. Date range. Yes, yeah. because like the, the, the US is the, I think it's the only, the only country in the only world. Country in the world. Yeah. yeah, exactly. So, Everyone in the world, yeah, writes day, day month, month, year. Yeah. No, the but US, for whatever the reason, month, day, yeah. Why? It's like <laughs> no idea. And honestly, I was like, so I, I watched that trailer. I was like, oh damn it! Like six days apart from or four days apart from 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 Diablo. Yeah, yeah. and it literally took me like. 10 minutes or so to, to realize no it's september because you know the u.s yeah. oh september 6th uh, uh that's what i was saying to pong i said you know if we all just move to europe we could just make sure that it comes out in june and just say listen it's european date range <laughs> there we go there we go it's releasing in june <laughs> <laughs> Oh, good lord. So, um, yeah, so shout out to our American viewers and listeners, but you guys really, you guys really need to change that system. It is, it's not okay to be like the only one in the world to do it differently. So, um, And it confuses us. Think a lot, yes, a, a, lot. a lot, every time. Like every even, on movie, time. even on movie posters where they're yes. like coming out the second of, and then sometimes it like it it confuses the living daylights out here because they're like one thirteen twenty three. I'm like, yeah, third, there is no thirteenth month. What are you talking about? Oh, wait, thirteenth right of okay. <laughs> You know, at at work when I go on vacation or so, and you leave the the automated message in your in your um mailbox system yeah. um i used to to type in like okay i'm away until i don't know 9th 9.06.23 or something yeah and like all my americans business partners were like oh is he going on a sabbatical or why is he like staying for out for 3 months or so and that's why I started. Honestly, that happened not only once, like many times. And then I was like, okay, now I write it out. I write in my away message. I write like, okay, I, I'm away until the 6th of September. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. For, uh, see, guys, the struggle we have to go through just because. It's never, never mind that, but you've got like two, three time zones. You've got, <laughs> exactly. you've got different dates. Like, f- just get one time zone, guys. One time zone, oh, same date range. Thank you. All good. Thank you. <laughs> it's even with our guests. Like, yeah. when you like, try oh, to schedule, like PSP plus four. Like, what? What's that? I have no yeah, idea what, what that is. What you're talking about? <laughs> you know, the the only American time zone I'm remembering is like Eastern. I know that. Okay, that's six hours behind me, and then. And then and then I but don't care. I, I write to everyone. 
But even then, like their daylight saving times are at different times of the year to us. Yes. Like how? Like, how? 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 <laughs> how? <laughs> Microsoft, if you are listening, Outlook does not automatically adjust that. So nope. usually what happens if you set out like an appointment or an invite or something via Outlook, yeah, they automatically get it in their time zone in the, in the correct right. Uh, but when when the when they switch like daylight uh, saving times, it does not change in Outlook. So uh, that happens every time that I have the meetings. Then at least for two weeks or so until the rest of the world changes as well. Um, <laughs> um, is adjusting. It's like gaming for tasting. Stop this madness. Leave our calendar system alone. <laughs> <laughs> don't get me started on the imperial system <laughs> so no we're not doing that we're not doing that now we do that we save that for another podcast because i have oh, a lot to say about that as well <laughs> oh, yeah. so starfield's releasing in june Thank hang you on to- tom from tsunami needs a sense in the super chat he says, beware the ideas of March. <laughs> Love my ass off. I was a March too, but not upset about the delay. Annoyed, but not upset. First of all, thank you for the super chat, man. Um, and yeah, that's, I think that's the thing. Um, not up, uh, upset about the delay, but a little upset uh, or annoyed. Anyway, so how do you feel about this, man? Yeah. Um, I'm, I am neither here nor there. Um, it's not that I'm not looking forward to Starfield, but because of the way that I am with games, like Hogwarts, I didn't realize was a 60 odd hour game. I thought it was 30 odd hours, but it engrossed me to the point where I just didn't stop playing it. And before I knew it, I'd finished it all. Yeah. But I going into Starfield, I know it's more than 100 hours. Mm-hmm. So I've mm. already got like this kind of fear in the back of my head thinking, God, this game's massive and it's going to take us forever and I don't know where I've got the time. And I'm already one of these guys that just ha- plays like 10 ga- games at a time because I'm like of ADHD kicks in and I'm just like, yeah, I'm bored. I'm next game, Ooh, I'm bored. I'm next game. And it's not because I'm not enjoying the game. <laughs> it's because my mind just goes, nope, yeah. you're done. Next game. So it's not that I'm not hyped for the game, but because it's like a subconscious thing because I know the game is really big. Mm. Like I am kind of dreading it as much as I'm looking forward to it. So it's kind of, for me, I'm like, whew. Like uh, <laughs> I don't have to think about playing the that there. game. Anymore, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> now, and now it's in an area where it's got lots of free time around it and there's not many games releasing at the same period. And the games that are releasing at the same period aren't of like as same significance so it's not like a red fall it's not a forza it's not a diablo it's not street mm. fighter it's not res evil 4 it's not like it's none of these huge games that i'm really looking forward to are getting in the way of this goliath that i'm gonna have to try and play through so yeah. for me it's more of a, a kind of minor relief that it's being pushed to september which is a more vacant area as opposed to trying to crab it into a very busy first six months of the year when there's like so many things happening at the same time. And and again, I just mentioned a handful of those games. That doesn't include mm. a, another boatload of other games that are also releasing that I've missed out entirely, like Minecraft Legends and things like that. And potentially Forza Motorsport might still release in there. And 
yeah. you've got other Final Fantasies dropping in the middle of there in June as well. And there's so many things happening in the first six months that I'm kind of glad that it's been pushed to September. So it's not like a mega delay. It's like mm-hmm. it misses the opening window by like two months, which is it's not the worst, not the best. But it also means that they're giving it more than ample enough time to really polish this game. Like we're not, it hasn't been a full year since its delay. Its original delay was from November. It's got pushed until September. Um, So it's like 10 months. So they've given it an ample enough time to polish it out. Um, And I think given that a couple of extra months from what we've seen as well in the little snippets of gameplay in the trailer that released for the, for the release date trailer, it Mm. looked like it was a lot cleaner. It looked a lot more polished. It certainly looked a lot more um, fluid um, yeah. in, in its in its mechanical kind of aspect of it. So, yeah, um, it's it's coming along well, and I think those extra few months will only do the game good. So, for me personally, I'm not bothered. It doesn't affect me really. I'm I'm still looking forward to the game, but I don't mind waiting a couple more months because this first few months of the year is ram packed as it is. So. Yeah, yeah. I I would be more concerned if all of these games that are coming out in the first half are coming out in the second half and then Starfield missed the first window. Yeah, see, that's the thing here now. Um, Okay, where do I begin? I have so much to say. We've already, and again, I think it would also be much worse for Microsoft as well. Yeah. If, If Minecraft Legends and Redfall weren't already announced as coming in April and May, I think if those already weren't yeah. announced and we didn't have dates for those and Starfield got delayed, we'd be like, what the... <laughs> like, what, what is going I on? I know, I know, but then I have to say... But we also still I, have to call them out for saying these are games coming out in the next 12 months and they're missing thing. that target. And that's, that's essentially so, the thing. They said themselves... No, but listen, granted, I was granted, just they thinking... Put, granted, they put that little disclaimer... Yeah targeting but you you made a whole song and dance about on the game months. show last year these are games coming out in the next 12 months and how many of those games have missed the 12 month period now and it's not one it's not two it's like at least a like almost a dozen games from that 12 month bracket have moved yeah either to late 23 or 24 yeah that's the thing that's 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 the thing I, I don't have an issue with the date itself. I think September is a great day uh, for, for a game like a Starfield. You know, we are all coming back from the summer vacation. Uh, we are kind of in the mood now to get back into video gaming. And so and then you bring this game out and we all know it has the longevity to last well into the holiday season. So when the Christmas season and Black Friday season starts, you know, it's still like fresh enough to generate sales. So it, it all makes sense. The date itself makes sense. And I'm always glad when get developers get the time to polish the game. And like you said, from what we've seen, um, what we've seen from uh, the very little teaser trailer, uh, the guy playing in the background and they were like, slow uh short like quick shots uh of the game itself looked like a lot more fluent it looked and that's what people heavily criticized in the in the original showing yeah 30 fps so it looked a lot more fluent 
honestly, I was like, there was one shot in there, and there was a similar shot in the first original uh, trailer that had like almost horror esque uh, impressions. There was one shot in the original showing where you had like, like a kind of reminded like you know a, a small corridor with, with like flickering. And uh, now my camera is gone again. And and it was like, oh, this is like, could be like a jump scare moment. And in the in this trailer, they had like this really bad ass, uh, ugly looking alien kind of thing that was in also in a very dark, badly lit room. So I, I wonder if if they will have that kind of like exploring like dungeons on on a planet that that scare you so everything looks fine so i have no idea this game will be an absolute masterpiece uh, 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 on the contrary like you i'm looking very much forward to spend like well above 100 hours in there i want i'm so excited to have finally this world where i just can get lost in go exploring do do things my way i i cannot wait super excited so all good with the delay itself, all good with the date itself, September. There's really not much uh, in in that announced so far for that area. So it will have the focus. Um, I think the date is, is great, no doubt. My issue comes in, of course, with the 12-month thing. Um, it was, it was said, as, as, as Steel Rain said in, in chat, mm. it's what they mentioned and they trapped themselves in that box. Like, if yeah. they hadn't stressed, these are games coming out in 12 months. This is the games you can play within the next 12 months. This yeah. is 12 months, 12 months, 12 months. They are the ones that said it. So then and that's the thing. That's we the have thing. to hold them to their own words. Absolutely. And, and it comes down again to marketing and messaging, which just shows Xbox does not get that right. They just don't. It's this artificial pressure that they put on themselves for no reason whatsoever. No one. I have not once heard anyone in the community, in the creator scene, in the media ever called for something like the 12-month window. Not once have I heard that before they did it. So, I'm. <clears throat> it's there artificial pressure that they put on themselves that put them in the position now granted we all knew one game will move out and we all said we sat down here that how many um, i'm still excited to get like first round at gamescom you know i'll bet uh, about forza and forza moved out and everyone was like okay with that because um i know forza has not See, this, is, this is the thing as well like the forza delay bugged me more than the Starfield delay has. Because it's more casual, you know, you can play like a couple of hours and if you want to play something else, you just move over or why? why? No, it's more so that they literally just include it in a de developer directed show that included every other release date mm. and that was the only one that one didn't. That and they then didn't. they didn't clarify what would happen with the game. It was so like weird messaging like the entire mm. game show we had uh, a, an awesome shadow drop in hi-fi rush 
We had confirmed date for Minecraft Legends, confirmed date for for Redfall. We had um, DLC for ESO, and then they capped it off with Forza Motorsport, and then didn't say anything. They just said coming yeah. twenty three. Yeah, true that. And true I that. Was like, I get that. Now you you mentioned earlier like with uh, Redfall. Like, the only reason I'm not like I wasn't over the top with Redfall. I'm not overly concerned. Is they we kind of had an inkling it wasn't making the first half or might just slip out of the first half as soon as mm. it wasn't included in that developer direct. And the further out that the, the announcement of the showcase got, the longer we thought it's not making like it's getting further out here. It's like it doesn't seem like it's gonna make March now. It's probably not gonna make April. And then we kind of look at the release pipeline and think, actually, usually once they announce a game, it's released within like three weeks of of the date. So it's actually strange for them to have a direct that's two months before release. Yeah. Um, That's kind of far out for them. It's usually much closer to release when they do like a game preview. Um, Let us talk about that in a second, because I also uh, want to know your your thoughts on this, because it is kind of weird, uh, weird date. Two things first, uh, I need to finish my train of thought before I lose it. But first, I need to thank our generous friend, Dronty J, who sends in a $5 super chat and says, Xbox needs to buy a remaster studio that remakes games and they need a studio that pol- uh, that polishing uh, studio. Um, I do think they have the last one, like especially when they get the ABK, they have so many support studios on their hand. But like a dedicated remaster or remake studio um, for uh, for some of their classics. I mean, it works for all the other platforms. Nintendo's doing it. Sony's doing it. Um, uh, and yeah, definitely would be cool to have some some very good uh, and well realized remakes. Um, I want to see a Crimson Sky remake, man. That would be so dope. That was so cool. Um, but yeah, um, on the 30, uh, 12 month thing. Yeah. Like, I wasn't a fan after they after the show last year uh, of that. Um, and I'm even less a fan now because the excite. See, they, the, the thing was, they came out, okay, here are all these games that you can play in the next 12 months. The exciting part, or for the most part, were already scheduled for 23. So out of the 12 months window, the first six months weren't really that exciting. Yeah, because yeah, we had a Blake Tail Requiem, which was like game of the year contender, absolutely. But other than that, yeah, um, until High of uh, High on Life came out, which was very tail end of the year, it was for the first six months not really much to get like really excited about for people. And so everyone was looking to the first half of 23. That's when Xbox is gonna fire on all cylinders. Yeah, that's that's where they've gonna bring out a Forza. That's when they bring out a Starfield and then and then a Redfall, um, the cherry on the top then. And yeah, and no one ever mentioned Minecraft Legends. No one. So it's gonna be a massive game, I have no doubt, but it has a certain like audience, target audience. So uh, Minecraft Legends isn't the thing. The thing people want is a, is 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 a Starfield. It is this big triple A blockbuster game. The system 
seller, the console seller, the reason why to to get into into um, the Xbox ecosystem, and that's not a Minecraft Legends uh, because that's out on everything, you know. So, and now we look at the first half, and they had the great surprise of Haifa Rush. Granted, absolutely, no one saw that coming. Fantastic moment. But that's not that system seller game. The system seller game is a Starfield. And that's now a second half. Um, you could argue, okay, Xbox fans, they are used to waiting. That's what they do. Just wait. That's okay. But with Xbox breaking another promise yet again on delivering, it is, and this is the I thing, get, like, a disappointment. As, as, as I do get I it. Say, as we've mentioned, Boxy, it's not that it's not a promise that anybody else has asked them to make. Yeah. It's, it's a self-imposed thing. Like, exactly. It was so unnecessary. Exactly. Yeah. We wouldn't be as disappointed if they wouldn't just have if they would just delay the games. And that's it. Yeah, and they just, come out and saying coming coming uh, by the end of 23. Yeah, like there, it's, it's a big open market. You know, Mav said something last week that stuck with me. Uh, so shout out to Mav. Um, Xbox over promises and under delivers so often, and now they kind of need to start to under promise and over deliver. Um, and I feel this is exactly this. They over promise. Yeah, and I kind of thought they they started that at the developer direct. They underpromised yes. and overdelivered because the the shadow dropped yes. an amazing game. Exactly. And then, uh, and then things just peed out. And then things came out. Yeah. yeah. Then and now and now I look at the first half and all the games that I'm excited for don't have a date yet outside of Redfall. That's the only one. Yeah, which is May, which is also like very tail end of this 12 month window that we have been waiting for so long. So, yeah, looking forward to Redfall, no doubt. But other than that, I don't know when I can play a Forza. I do know when I can play a Starfield, but that's like long time. It's another half a year and it's another six months of wait for me to play that game. What is also with the other exciting things like where's Hollow Knight Silk Song? Where's like uh, Flintlock? Yeah, these kind of games. Um, we don't have the dates yet for them either. So they are not coming out in the first half. I don't, I don't think so. Um, yeah. And that's, that's like the, the thing that Xbox put on themselves. And I've also seen like, Okay, with Starfield coming out in September, that's it for Xbox in the second half. Um, because they're not going to release a Hellblade close to a Starfield. When they, they could bring it out two months later in, I, I don't know, in November. So it could still, I do believe that. But I've seen people bring up that argument. And of course, of course, Microsoft not showing anything outside of the alleged 12 month window, which is now an 18 month window. Yeah. Um, if people don't know what to expect in the second half. Um, and we all were excited because we thought, okay, with the massive game blowout in the first half, they gotta have something for the second half. Yeah. But now, do they? Do they? It's a, it's a question. So, as much as I'm excited for Starfield, I gotta, I gotta 
say it's it's disappointing in the marketing and communication from Xbox just yet again when it comes to marketing they just they just don't get it right um so that's how do you feel about this whole situation yeah so like again I'm not like um we need to call them out on it but I am not like massively disgruntled by it Again, it's it's got to the point now where it's like, oh, Microsoft, the same old stuff coming again. Uh, it's got to the point where like we kind of continue to be like majorly outraged with Microsoft because it's just the same stuff we've kind of got used to at this point. It's we shouldn't have to get used to this because again, it's it's just a case of consistency, and we've said this for weeks and months. Yeah. Yeah. Consistency is going to be the downfall of Xbox, regardless of what they do. If they can have one absolutely banging six months, but if the next six months is terrible, they, and then the next six months is terrible, and then the next six months after that is good, but then the next six months is terrible, that you can't have that inconsistency. It needs to be a consistent output and consistent quality. And that's where the competition is. Like Even when the competition doesn't have consistent outlays of games that are built by themselves they have consistent exclusives mm-hmm. that release that do well that will make sure that they have something to shout about they are consistent with the quality that they output now of course we know there's going to be some some that don't hit the mark along the way because you're never always going to win but even if three out of four of your releases that year are, are major hits you're onto a good year anyway yeah and this is what Xbox need to do. They need to get into a cadence where they have four major releases a year. And even if one doesn't hit, at least three of those have been a major success. And that's fine. And Absolutely. it needs to be that At the end of the year, we will still have the discussion about, okay, why is Starfield a game of the year? so it's no doubt why why was Redfall a hit or a miss and why was everything like that yeah and Forza how good looking that game is and stuff we will discuss this absolutely at the end of the year because the games are going to come out this year Um, so yeah I I get uh, that it's Starfield moving out is not a big deal but now out of the three exciting first-party titles, I'm, I'm leaving out now a Minecraft Legends, yeah, um, intentionally. <laughs> yeah, I know that's uh, still coming. But out of the exciting ones, on Redfall, Starfield, and Forza, we only get. It looks like we only get one in the first half, which was promised. So, yeah, I, mean, I do yeah, get the frustration. Forza is a weird one, isn't it? Because we don't it know. Is. We don't know. It could hit. It might not. But their wording suggested it probably won't. Yeah. And by that, and, I mean, in and it wasn't in the developer direct show. It was in their own showcase after that, their own Forza Monthly, where mm. they said, we'll, over the next few months, we'll talk more about the different things that we're doing. No. They didn't mention anything about any release date or any release anything. window. They just said, we'll, we'll update you as the months go on. Which does, to me yeah. doesn't sound like it's anytime soon. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sorry, but after they have not shown, they had the 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 developer, the developer direct was the chance. They've shown the game. It showed very well, beautiful looking, exciting, everything, career mode, everything we want in there, and then no date. 
Yeah. So if you miss that opportunity, it's because you don't just don't know the date yet, obviously. So it's, uh, and then it also of course, makes me wonder what the holdup with Forza is because I, I know the, the, they're done with QA testing and testing in general. So they no longer have beta testers, alpha testers, QA testers, etc. required now. They've ended that, finished that part. So it makes me wonder what it is that's holding up the game at this point. That's a good point. Yeah, I don't know. Can't. Is it, can't is it that some of the content that they've got is needing finished up, like such as certain tracks aren't finished Could yet? Could be. Could be. Maybe they try to pull off the stealth drop thing during E3. It could I've be that. Okay, it could still could make that. the window. Could still make the window. I've said the window. It's, it's at this point. It's not. We originally said if Forza is going to release, it's going to release in the Forza window, and the Forza window mm. is usually August September. Yeah. But with Starfield releasing in September now, I can't see it hitting in September. No. It could hit beginning of August, but my likely scenario now would be the original window I thought would be for Starfield, which is tail end of June, July area. And you've got July, August, September. So you've got a kind of month, like yeah. a month and a half, maybe it's two month gap between the two of them. I can't see Forza being a, a winter drop. I just can't yeah. see it. It's it's not a it's not a holiday game, as it were. It sounds strange to say that, but that's not a major holiday release. Like Forza it isn't. isn't a major holiday release. Yeah, I know what you mean. I, I And I do agree. So uh, my theory is really like either they want to do like the stealth drop thing during E3, so out now, yeah. Um, or they probably going to release it then in October. They have Starfield at the beginning of September, like five weeks later, somewhere middle of October, they release that. And then they have like a Hellblade in November. So... Um, yeah, I don't know, but it's it's a weird one. Forza is a weird one, definitely. Yeah, it, it's Jade, mainly because I've got no idea. Oh. It's because yeah. <laughs> yeah, because it's so weird. We know yeah. for a fact that they've ended that alpha testing um, phase. Um, it it is is really is a weird thing. Drawn TJ sends in five dollars. He says. What about Hellblade 2, Ark 2, and the game by the Ukraine people? That's Stalker 2. That's Stalker, yeah. mo- one of my most anticipated so games Stalker 2, for the rest Stalker of the year, is, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Stalker 2, uh, I agree with Boxy as well, one of my most anticipated for this year. You know uh, that we that are going to see hit. it soon. Uh, yeah. They announced that this week. They will have a gameplay show in, during Game Developer Conference on the NBC. NVIDIA stage. Oh, nice. Yeah, showing off yeah. ray tracing, etc. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, that's going to look pretty. That's going to look pretty. Ooh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, that's going to end up being a game you get on PC, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I wait. Does it release, does it, wait, wait. Does it release on... Because it comes out on Game Pass. Is it, it comes on, again. Is it Is it on PC, Game Pass? I would assume so. I would Ooh, assume so. I'm gonna I would assume... I would assume... I hope um, it has cross save because I want to play it on both. I want to play it casually because that's also like a massive game, man. That's another hundred hours gone right there. Uh, Stalker yeah. Two is gonna be a massive to shooter RPG-ish game. If it's if it's on Game Pass PC and console, y- usually comes with smart delivery because it's one in the same. 
so uh, smart delivery yes uh, you mean cross progression <laughs> yeah yeah but yeah but yeah, yeah. yeah it, sorry what what's the term that they use for the um or oh, play anywhere play push. anywhere yeah yeah that's the one not smart delivery that's a different thing entirely yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, the play anywhere thing that they've got so because it's in game pass for pc console i think that would have the cross progression thing tied to it thankfully mm. um but yeah uh, they have been adamant as developers that that game is definitely still 23. Um, yes. And I think they've made it their personal mission to get that game done this year, to kind of have their own little bit of a win in yeah. such a bad situation. Agreed. Um, so I think they're doing what they can to make sure that happens. And to be fair, every time I see it, it looks better. So, it looks um, phenomenal, man. Yeah. Looks, and it always used to. Even the old ones were like real PC graphic showcases. Uh, oh, like. Yeah can and run crisis kind of level so yeah, yeah. man um and and from i i don't know if they still the target but be, before the invasion uh in the ukraine they said that they definitely want to bring 120 frames per second mode on console they want to bring also ray tracing to console um so it kind of looks like yeah we will uh, get like different modes uh to to play with gonna be fantastic uh do yeah. hope we get date man um during the game developer conference i doubt it because I, I don't think it is big enough to announce the date but on oh, the other side you never know you never know because even a conference has become a thing man it has yep. become a thing it could be exactly. it, it could be it, and i think nvidia def- might want because of course at, at the minute as well if you have a look at what nvidia and the likes of unreal are doing now like you, yeah. when Unreal were doing a showcase for the engine, did we expect them to go? We've got the next Tomb Raider game. We've got this. Like we didn't expect yeah. all of these game announcements at an Unreal Engine tech demo event, <laughs> but we got yeah. them. <laughs> so, <laughs> so now I'm watching all of these obscure shows because you just never know what's going to get announced now. Because some of these shows have either engine demonstrations where they announce games that are going exclusively via their engine. Or mm-hmm. the game developers conference where they're showcasing ray tracing, but happen to have a release date um, and showing off new gameplay because that that engine wants to show off what it can do, or that bit of hardware mm-hmm. wants to show off what it can do. Um, so I think it's always a possibility, and I think it's a good area for them. GDC is huge still as well. GDC is a massive yes. stage for for Stalker. Outside of E3, it's the only real big stage left before Microsoft's June showcase. Um, and they might steal the show or get the sto- show stolen by other games during three on the date. Exactly. At- especially if it's especially if it's we know, for instance, we know the June showcase for Microsoft won't have Starfield because they have their own showcase after the showcase. Yeah, so we know that there's going to be new announcements at Xbox's game showcase. So yeah. you don't want to plonk Stalker into there. As much yeah, as we're looking forward to it, it's definitely going it to get overshadowed. Yeah, it might be yeah. still on, on there. Uh, uh, but it's going to be in a sizzle reel at the end that's saying all these yeah. games coming out in the next six months and blah, blah, blah. Yeah, what maybe they through? show like another trailer or something for, yeah, for it. But, exactly. but um, yeah. I'm and, not going uh, to ask about the other ones. Um, Arc Hellblade 2, 2 Dark 2. No idea, but Hellblade 2, I still think, is a holiday release title. 
Yeah, me too. Me too. I still, even Starfield going to September, I don't think that changes that. Because yeah. again, they could easily bring that out at around uh, November. November. Um, yeah. So it, it there's definitely the possibility there. Unless, unless about is ready. Could also, I, that's the thing, you know. I can, I can see a vote being the one of the first the first quarter games next year could also be it's either way it's either way they move hellblade there and arc 2 yeah man vin diesel uh riding a dinosaur it's i don't know they are so quiet about that game yeah they 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 show up like once a year during some showcase with with a short trailer and but we have not seen gameplay we have not seen anything other than these these little we know yeah we know it's on unreal engine which is a big yeah, change from five, the yeah. yeah yeah unreal engine 5 we know it's a single player game yes so it's changing well, it will, from the original have yeah. it will have a single player campaign it is like we'll a proper campaign like, yeah 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 exactly i just see that game potentially having a, a mode separate like arc 2 will have its single player campaign but it will have a separate mode that is just akin to your original arc type of mm. game with it building crafting survival stuff but it will have an entirely separate standalone campaign with vin diesel etc yes, exactly i can't yeah. think that have anything to do with the regular survival game yeah i agree whatever the regular survival game is i still don't get out of no idea it's such it's the weirdest <laughs> game ever yeah. It's the most weirdest game. Smokey. I, I, I attempted to play it a couple of times and I was just like, ah, yeah. Pff, what, no what is this? I have no idea. <laughs> I have no idea. But but people seem to like it, man. It's a success. Yeah. It is a, yeah, yeah. Smokey sends in a Canadian $5 super chat. Appreciate the support, man. Uh, he says Microsoft gives release dates. Uh, gives release date, delays, gets shit on. Um, Microsoft gives 12 month window, misses, gets shit on. No more dates, shadow drops only. I you know what? We, we'd, we'd always, to be fair, we'd like that. We'd much rather they said, mm-hmm. we'll give you the dates within a two month window of its release. Up it's what that I wanted point, to we'll say. A, when they, we'll when games went gold, yeah. when as soon as a game get, get go gold announced the, the date say okay we just starfield went gold there's the date go for it yeah that's what we need what we need more it's like unpredictable um with yeah. the delays um the problem is is they've got this and this is what game showcases have done these game showcases which originally were meant for um for investors have turned into public showcases. Mm. And when you've got public showcases, you need to provide information on when people can play these games. And that is that is self-inflicted damage right there. And you're restricting yourself as to yeah. these public uh, available dates. When you've got internal it's... dates, that's another thing entirely. That's That's what caused the CDPR issue. Because internally... The directors and all the big hierarchy wanted that mm. game out, uh, even though the developers told them, "Listen, it isn't ready." That was an yeah. internal struggle. 
it no. wasn't because they give a date. They said it isn't ready. We can't meet the date that you've got in mind, but you're going to go ahead with that date anyway. And you're going to tell the public about this date, even though we've said to you it's not ready. I think now it's a case of if you say, okay, we've got these games coming out in the next, like it, these ones are, 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 are 2023. These ones are 24. These are the 20. That big yeah. window or coming out in the next year? The year. Yeah. yeah, coming soon. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, these are coming soon. These are further out. Whatever, but don't give a like. As and when the game, as you mentioned, goes gold, then go right. Okay, this there is gone go. gold. This is your release date. Do it. And trailer. even if you need a proper marketing campaign, um, you can still have that. You can plan for a marketing campaign ahead, and you can also have like two, two and a half months in between gold and release date. This is more than enough to market your game properly. So, yeah, Smokey. Good, good point there. So, you may already mentioned it uh, earlier. They also announced, along with Starfield, uh, the, the release date, they announced the Starfield Direct and the actual Xbox uh, E3 showcase, which will happen on June 11th. And right after the show, they will air the Starfield Direct. So you already said, okay, that means obviously probably not going to be at the big show. Um, they will probably just mention it and say like... Um, straight after the show. Straight after the show. Exactly. Play, like, like, obviously. Yeah. So that's going to happen. But I wonder why do they do that? Uh, because like you have this hype after the Xbox E3 show, you have this hype. Everyone is is, is excited um, for for what j has just been shown. Um, I don't know. We're gonna see a Hellblade, and we're gonna see a Fable, and then we see an Avowed, and I know it's all not gonna happen, but. <laughs> uh, actually, I do think it's gonna happen, but um, you know what I mean. So. We are energized. We are full of excitement for the years ahead. Um, and then you show Starfield, which is super exciting. But you don't need the excitement at that point because you already have that. You could rather use that like three weeks later when the you know the excitement slowly dies off. E3 is a couple of weeks behind us, and then you need this this excitement boost. So why not? Why not have the Starfield Direct then to, you know, closer to launch? Because in this day and age, you know exactly that, that the hype dies off very quickly. Like two weeks after the, the, the Starfield Direct, the hype will be gone. Um, so I wonder why put this three months ahead and not a little bit closer? Not that I'm complaining. I'm, I'm, I'd rather see to have it tomorrow, but um, from a marketing yeah. point of view, you know what I mean. Um, yeah, so what it's, do you unlike, make of it? it's 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 very unlike Bethesda, to be honest, because uh -huh. historically, yeah, Bethesda have done it within a two three week period of their release date. They'll have yeah. a gameplay showcase, they'll announce the release date, and then it gets released. Yeah, three weeks later, like it's usually been like anything between like seventeen to twenty something days after the gameplay showcase and the, that it will release. So it's usually quite close. So um, it's a, it is strange for them to do a 
release date and then a showcase and then the game releases a couple of months after. But I think that's more akin to the Microsoft way of doing things than the Bethesda way of doing Mm -hmm. things. I think if Bethesda were doing things, they'd have their showcase a couple of weeks before that release date. And that's when they would have told us the release date. But I think Microsoft were kind of saying, listen, we haven't said anything right now. People are still asking when the Starfield showcase is. So we'll tell them and we'll tell them the release date so they stop asking. And I think that's the only reason we got this release date was because they get kind of got sick of people asking when the showcase was going to happen. And they just wanted to get the showcase announcement out of the way. Mm. But they kind of tied it in with the release date as well. I think it might have... I don't know whether or not it would have been received better or worse if they didn't have the release date on the showcase announcement and they just mm. said, join us on June 11th for the Starfield showcase. And then on that showcase, they announced the release date, whether or not the the, the flack would have been as bad. That's a good point. I'm not sure. A lot because of things again, it buried been, it in the overall A3 like, excitement, you know? Yeah, exactly. It kind of would have been as, yeah, okay. And the, the intention to keep it away from the main show because the main show has all of these new things and Starfield's been announced many times over, so we're not going to kind of put yeah. that with the rest of them. We want to focus the Xbox showcase here on brand new stuff we haven't shown or games that were announced and is releasing soon and have Starfield do an in-depth 15, 20-minute gameplay thing on everything that we've seen so far and kind of a, kind of a, a rollout to launch kind of marketing mm-hmm. campaign. Yeah, so it's strange for Bethesda. I don't know how whether or not it would have changed things around if they kind of left it and just said, "Listen, join us on June the eleventh for the Starfield Direct straight after the Microsoft uh, um, Bethesda showcase." And then at that one announced the release that might have been received better. Maybe at least we now have clearance we know it's september no more speculations gotta admit that i've been saying that for a while that that xbox needs to take the narratives in their own hands with all the speculation going wild about release dates and conspiracy theories here left and right i think it was the right thing to do even if there is a little flag right now for not hitting the six, uh, the twelve-month window, I still feel like taking a narrative in their own hands is a good thing, and that's what they did. And now we have clearance; we know when to when we will get the Starfield showcase. We will know we know when we will get the three showcase. Yep. And we can all start to just get excited <laughs> for the game, man. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah. Um. While we are on the subject of E3, man, um, E3 opened uh, the industry registration today, actually. And so you can get your tickets now, guys, go out. If you plan to go on uh, uh, to the to the E3 uh, show uh, showing, uh, go out there. Um, but the thing is... Um, not many um, tr- because publishers have actually committed to coming. The only one is Ubisoft. 
actually. Um, and they claim, of course, AAA companies will appear. That's what they promise, but nothing has been confirmed so far. So do you think bigger will publishers will show up? We know Nintendo is not coming. We know PlayStation won't come. So what about the others? Will Warner Bros. show up? Will, will I don't know, uh, EA, of course, show up? Who else might be there? Ooh, Sega, maybe. Maybe. <clears throat> Square. Um, maybe it's Take Two. Mm. You might get your GTA Six. We've been we've been hearing a lot of rumors recently about that could be next year. Um, surprisingly, I've been hearing a lot of rumors saying that that could release as early as next year, GTA Six. So you never know. Mm. Um, you could have your Square Enix. Um, you could have EA. I don't know whether or not they've already ruled themselves out or not. Mm. Um, you could still have maybe Tencent. You could have maybe Embracer Group uh, appearing with, with some of their studios like Crystal yeah. Dynamics, etc. Um, show off Tomb Raider, for instance. Um, but even then, I mean, you could, you, could see yeah. an Embr- you could see an Embracer show because, they've got again, they've got a multitude of studios now so they could have their own mini showcase. You could see a Tencent show because, again, they've got a multitude of studios now, so you could see a, sh- a showcase from them. Um, it depends. I don't know. It really depends on what they've got lined up. Uh, we usually are more interested in seeing what Sony, Nintendo, and Xbox are getting up to. Um, big one for me is waiting to see this this forever rumored Sony showcase. I want to see what Sony's working on. Um and you can't ask for it on on social media because if you ask where a showcase is, you just get a lot of entitled crybabies that are saying, "Oh, it'll, it'll come. It'll just like why you why you complaining for? Like they've never let us down, so why wouldn't they? Because it's been eighteen months and they haven't said a word. That's why. Yeah, because they've been like the quietest they've been in the history of Sony. Like, <laughs> it's, like I want to know what's going on with with their yeah. IPs. They are Me too. Too quiet. Too, too way quiet? too quiet. Way too quiet. They've this was always always their strong suit actually to have like this well laid out roadmap. That's what won them the PS4 generation. Because realistically, if we go back at the very first two years of the Xbox One and PS4 generation, both had games. Xbox had games, Sony actually did not have that many games. In the first two years, we called them the indie station. You remember that, yeah? So, um, but they had this great roadmap. So this is why you invest in the PS4 because eventually you will get this, this, and this game. And that's, that's what Xbox has done actually well, in my opinion. Yeah, at the early days of the of the generation, they announced games like a Fable is coming. Yes, it was CGI, but hey, roadmap, yeah? About is coming, State of the K3 is coming, Hellblade 2 is coming, all these games are coming this gen. So you know exactly what you will get um, when you invest in, 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 in the Xbox ecosystem this gen. Um, we have no idea what Sony's up. We have no idea. And they, they've never been that quiet. I feel like, yeah, people know that. I'm a fan of the brand. I'm not a fan of what, what Jim Ryan has done with PlayStation over the last two, two and a half, three years. Um, Bad communication, to straight out lies. 
you know, um, we believe in generations and things like that. I, I don't think that's a good thing. I also don't think um, when it comes to their marketing uh, and, 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 and especially to their, um, yeah, like I said, roadmap, uh, laying out, being transparent as a company, um, just they, they've done, they, they've gone South Hill, man. They've gone South Hill with Jim Ryan. Uh, I want Sean Layden back. I want that, you know, I want that moment when, when, uh, when they come out on stage and get us excited about God of War, uh, moment you know or like uh, ghost of tsushima reveal and these kind of things that those were epic i want that back um now they they don't even bother to show up to e3 uh they barely show up at things like gamescom they have no showcase in what was is it now 18 months or or they've been way too quiet man Way too quiet. Yes, they have released still consistent games. That's that's the only thing that they just did on a consistent base. They have released games, exclusives. That's good. But everything else kind of, yeah. Um, I want, want them to, to do better there. Um, so, yep. you're, that's my you're spot thing. on, it's, man. That's, that's my thing. Like, the only thing we've got that we know of. And again... They've tried to be smart with it on a contractual basis because they've filled in the gaps that first party are missing by signing in exclusivity agreements with Square Enix for several Japanese RPGs. But that yeah. doesn't fill the gap that is missing from any of the other studios because as much as they like to consider JRPGs as a big draw, they're not. To the casuals, yeah. JRPGs not to the are casuals. not a draw. They don't care about Final Fantasy. Yeah. If you ask any regular casual, they'd much rather a Spider-Man or an yeah. Uncharted or uh, something like that. Like those are games they play because those are games with really relatable characters. Like yeah, the vast majority yeah. of casuals aren't going out and buying Final Fantasy. Trust us. You can go into yeah. any any secondhand store and Final Fantasy be one of the cheapest secondhand games you'll find on the shelf. No one yeah. really cares about them. Only yeah. the old Final Fantasies are the ones that retain their price. The yeah. old ones. So yeah, I feel is not the gap. That's a genre for the hardcore gamers, and it's yeah. important for for us. I, yeah. I I'm looking forward to Final Fantasy 16, um, but but I agree, uh, it's not for the casuals. The casuals yeah. is Spider Man, it's a God of War, it's it's like like an Uncharted, like yeah. you said, or Last like of Us or something like games. that. Yeah, yeah, these, yeah. They they have the pull. They have the pull, man. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Agree. And these are things that we want. Like they've got stuff in the works. We know they do. There's that. It's it's physically impossible to have that as many studios as they have, and they've got around twenty, and not have things lined up. Yeah. They've already said they've got ten, just ten games as a service games. Like if that that's not including anything else, we've got factions somewhere. Whatever, whatever the hell is happening there, we've got Corey's next game that isn't related to God of War. Yeah. We've got Neil Druckmann's next game. We've got Naughty Dog saying that they're not doing an Uncharted. Their next game something different. So, yeah. uh, so there is stuff in the works. We just don't know what it is. And Sony aren't being transparent. Ben Studios. About it. We don't know, still don't know what Ben Studios are working on. We know it's not yeah. Ace Gone Two. It's something else. Um, will we get a Ghost of Tsushima too? Uh, we don't yeah. know, man. We and don't know. And I like, want to know. It, 
it's been a good start for PlayStation. They've had a lot of good yeah. games released, but they only hold you over for so long, and you need to start having a pipeline of games to show off yeah. for what is going to be like. What can I expect to play outside of Spider Man? I'm not including Final Fantasy or Square Enix games because, again, as a market niche, the Final Fantasy brand is niche. Yes. It isn't for the casuals. It's not for everybody. Like uh, this Final Fantasy in itself, Final Fantasy 16, has completely lost me. Anyway, it's it doesn't have a party system. It's no longer a turn-based RPG. It, like they yeah. completely ditched that. It's now more akin to like um, Devil May Cry and an action uh, kind of an action game than it is an yeah. RPG. So Final Fantasy is no longer an RPG RPG anymore. It's just, it's just an action it's game. Just, yeah, true. So it's like I don't. Uh, so that's lost me anyway. So any excitement that I did have for a Final Fantasy is gone. There's no guarantees that Final Fantasy VII Part Two is coming out this year. For spoken, mm. really no didn't do anything. It missed the mark significantly. Yeah. So then you're left with Spider Man. Yes. And I wasn't the biggest fan of Spider-Man, but having played Spider-Man on the PlayStation now, it's probably the uh, probably it will end up picking it up. But there's nothing else there to look forward to. For the casual gamer it's, on PlayStation, like there's nothing from Sony this year. Like, yeah, yeah, man, I am. And people like the hardcore keep going. Oh, well, Stellar Blade's releasing, right? If it, Stellar Blade will not be a commercial success. I'm sorry, it's not going to be. Nah. Nah, it's not. I mean, if if you if you count these kind of uh, games, like every platform has so many of them. Yeah, like yeah. every month, one or two. We enjoyed, this we is... loved Hi-Fi Rush. We absolutely yes. adored Hi-Fi Rush. It absolutely, two million, two million people played it, which Great is insane. Success. However, yeah. however, if you go and speak to anybody and say the word Hi-Fi Rush, they'd be like, what? What yeah. is that? What is what that? Is it? Yeah. Oh, it's, it's just like, a cartoon game that you play to the beat. Not interested. We we have to we have to <laughs> we have to to admit two two million players is great. Yeah. Two mi- two million players, especially without any marketing or whatsoever. It's massive success. Massive success. Massive success. But it's less than ten percent of the Game Pass subscribers, and I would dare say that even the Game Pass subscribers are like. More or less already the hardcore fan base. Yeah, I don't. I'm not sure how many casuals actually have subscribed. I would, I would say a lot of people. Are probably a good amount, but you know what I mean. Um, so I fully agree with what you said, man. I fully agree. Um, yeah, it's not a system seller. Yeah, this, nope. I always say those games we consider system sellers are the games that cater to the casual audience, and that's what. Yeah, yeah, that's what I meant earlier when 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 we talk. Minecraft Legends is not that system seller, even though it's a massive success. But it, no one is going to buy an Xbox for that because they can also play it on PC. They can play it on, um, of course, PlayStation or on their Switch uh, and whatsoever. So it's not a system seller. Yeah. The system sellers are like your Starfields. That's a system seller. Um, yeah. Your Spider-Mans, your Ghost Spider-Man's. of Shima, exactly. your God of yeah. Wars, your Uncharted. They're, they're exactly. system sellers. And they're the ones that Sony's Maybe missing this year. Maybe your Hellblades then. One, um, one Final so Fantasy yeah. is not a system seller. 
Final Fantasy is not a system seller. It was. Now you're gone. Time, I'm not sure whether that's just a problem or I. Um, back? back again. Can you hear me? Okay, you're back, man. I was yes. I was not sure whether you were the problem or I. So I had to, uh, even though it was unmuted on my side, I think for some reason StreamYard had me down as muted, so I unmuted hmm. and muted again. So um, things happen. No, man. Things Final Fantasy is not a system seller as much. I as agree. It's like not. That game. It's, it's not shifting. It's not. not. Shifting yeah, yeah. It was, not. it was once upon a time. Once upon a time, Final Fantasy would shift your PlayStation One or your Nintendo. Yeah. But Final Fantasy doesn't do that anymore. It's just part of because gaming has outgrowing its niche its niche area. Yeah. Console gaming and video gaming used to be a niche thing. So people would buy ultra niche games or C games and they'd buy a console for these games because it was new then. Console gaming yeah. and gaming in general is not new now. Console gaming yeah. and gaming is now a casual thing. It is a normal thing to do. Back when gaming first came out and Final Fantasy was popular, gaming was still very limited in yeah. its draw. It was such a little thing to do. Absolutely, absolutely. And you had like two major game releases a year. Yeah. And two, <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's 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 and really save up all year for it. <laughs> and and you know that's actually how the E3 started. Yeah, it was like yeah. it was like this conference for uh, um um. This event for for retail sellers, they went there to learn what they will be able to sell this holiday. That's what how E3 started. Yeah, I want to bring up a fantastic point from Red Gray in the chat, man. Shout out to you, brother, because you're spot on. We need to stop with Xbox. We need to stop calling it console or system sellers. It's more like subscription sellers. That's that's true. It's a subscription seller game, so yeah, Forza might be, might be the, that game, but then racing games are everywhere. You have third parties, multiple great racing games there. You have every except Nintendo. Um, Sony has has Gran Turismo, and while I don't think that uh, that Forza and Gran Turismo will, will be on at the same level, I feel like. The, the, at least the masses, you know, okay, if I want to play a racer, I have the option that, uh, for that as well there. But yeah, yeah, I get Forza might be, might be a subscription seller. I don't know about before Redfall. That, would that, you would you consider before... Redfall a subscription seller? It, it's hard because it's it's a new IP. Yeah. Um, and Arcane, as much as, as much as we know Arcane, the general public don't. So I would, yeah. I would, Still say no as much as we're looking forward to it. Yeah. The general public have no idea what it is or I've never heard of it. Yeah. So I, and the, and the difference no really is like with the Starfield. Mm, yeah. <laughs> and that's Xbox. That's Xbox. <laughs> that's but what do they market? They so, like, always I have to smile it. sometimes when they when people say, Oh, you, they need lead time for Starfield. They can shadow drop it because we have to market, they have to market it. But whenever have we seen a marketing campaign for an Xbox game? Yeah, I, like, I can guarantee I turned on the TV. Uh, most channels on the TV in the UK, and there's yeah. that brand new Sony advert out now. Oh, yeah, for sure. Spider-Man, you know, you will see it everywhere. Billboards, buses, everything. 
That new that new viral TV ad they've got, which I've forgotten the name of it now, but it's on pretty much all of the time now. Mm. Um, and that's that's the, that's marketing. That's probably that's how you get the name about. And there's nothing for Microsoft. There's like one. Mm-hmm. You know, I'll be lucky if I see one Xbox advert a week, or maybe it's even a month. I honestly can't remember seeing one. Not one. Uh, even in, I know in Ever. Germany it's even worse. Yes. <laughs> even worse. Uh, so let, let's not talk about that again. Um, let's talk uh, because we are almost three hours and ten minutes already into the show, man. Um, we we have to get to some some community <laughs> questions before we hit the four hour mark, dude. <laughs> so let's talk about community questions. Yes. So the jingle is running. All right. All right. Uh, three hours and 10 minutes into the show and we are getting started with the community question. That, um, the first one comes in from Steve, a.k.a. XBOX. He asks this question. What five features make a video game good, in your opinion? Uh, it depends on the game type. Um, but primarily, if we're just going on anything with actual characters <laughs> mm. and not like sports games, for instance. But if we're going for like a regular video game that the general public would play, you need, first of all, gameplay needs to be on point. That's the first. Yes, absolutely. I agree there. Gameplay, gameplay above all. Gameplay is king. Yep, gameplay is absolute king. Um, I would, second to that, I would put soundtrack, personally. Mm -hmm. I think having a a brilliant soundtrack enhances the core gameplay and really pushes the story forward. Um, I, I would agree. I'm not sure if I would put it in second place, maybe third. Maybe, maybe, maybe third after story. Yeah, story um, slash characters, like, yeah. you know, this, yeah. yeah. Story slash characters slash acting, like, yeah. gameplay, story, characters, acting, soundtrack, those three orders. Then, then we're talking about graphics. <laughs> resolution nah, i would i would i would put graphics maybe even in fifth place honestly yeah. performance would be fourth performance i would these, put that on the graphics like yeah, graphics and performance I, I would put on, on 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 number four i would probably put like what's a good way to describe it like immersion you know how the much do, does it like, like, how much does a game pull you into its world, into yeah, the, I would, I would in the level into, design, into? See, I would, I would put the immersion more into the story building because the world's going to have to be mm. built around the story anyway. So, story building in the soundtrack because there's been a lot of games that have been what would have been like a, a great game have been turned into phenomenal games because of the soundtrack. <sighs> hmm. And likewise, I some, I some agree. great games with. I agree on the soundtrack. Story, story and immersion are two things for me because, like, a game can have a fantastic uh, story. Like, have you played Wolf Among Us from Telltale? Uh, yeah. Great story, great story, zero immersion. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. It's, yeah. Um, yeah. It's it's certainly 
certainly very interesting. But I would again, I would, I would always put kind of the the graphics as as probably one of the last yeah. ones. Yeah, that yeah, makes I agree. No difference because it depends on the art style you're going for, um, and the type of game that you're going for, and things like Absolutely. that. But always, always gameplay first, um, story second. For me, soundtrack third because I think a, a, an yeah. unbelievable soundtrack would really really enhance the core story elements and things like that are and, and again Absolutely. part of the immersion. And it sticks with you. It sticks with you. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. And we know that. I mean if you have a look at the soundtrack for like Ori for instance was absolutely mm. phenomenal. And then yeah, even okay. if you have a look at like different types of games, Hi-Fi Rush, it had the perfect soundtrack to it that really enhanced that game. Like certain beats went with certain levels to in, mm. to, to make it feel like awesome. Like I'll still remember like fresh in my mind the first time you do the the raid on the tower and raiders must uh, invaders must die comes on and i was like this is like the perfect mix like you're crashing into towers and then like invaders must die as in you are the invader and they want to kill you so i was like it's it's perfect integration of where a soundtrack meets gameplay meets the story that all melds together to make a really memorable little experience mm. um that's what i love about it and again you can talk about how the the really powerful soundtrack in a plague tale requiem um yeah. mixed in with the story and the acting like all of that merged together to create a really unforgettable experience agree um hellblade exactly the same but it did it in a different way because it had a soundtrack but the soundtrack was mostly the voicing the voices that the binaural audio is the technology yeah. called man and it's the... that's the key so i would even if you want to say soundtrack slash audio I would kind of put into the same bracket, like audio and soundtrack yeah. need to be like on point. And yeah, then yeah. kind of last, last, always last graphics. It makes graphics. no difference. Like if we have a look at the, <laughs> at the fun fact that I ended up being vampire survivors that took the world by storm that had zero graphics. It was like a little pixel art game that you could design like in 19, <laughs> 1980. Yeah. And look, look how good that ended up being and how many people loved that game. And it was such crazy, a right? Day. But it had an awesome little gameplay loop. It had really cool soundtrack. It was fun. It was immersive. And then, of course, at the very end, you had the graphics, which made no impact on how popular that game was. That's the thing. That's the thing. Um, you know, Octopath Traveler 2 is out. Like, definitely. Yeah. And it has a certain aesthetic to it, but it's not... And I loved the first one. I put 85 hours or so into it. Graphics, not important, man. Graphics are not, um, not. nice. They are nice. It to, um... I, wanna, I don't want to downplay graphics too much because there are games out there. I no doubt where like the great graphics enhance the immersion. Like oh, if you play a Last of Us, think about you play a Last of Us. You take the same story. You take the same story, the same basic level design, and you put it in an ugly ass pixel look and have like no voice acting, but the written text, it would be in the its core the same story and everything. And would not even be close to be as popular as it would be because uh is now because graphics can help. The immersion can believe make games believable, it can make um 
like set the mood properly and everything. So it's not that graphics are not important and performance definitely goes right in hand with gameplay. Like if you play, have you to play your games um, at, at 20 FPS these days? They are not fun, man. You can have a great mechanic. They are not fun at 20 FPS. So good performance and graphics, they, they can help a game out. But I do agree in general, I would say like gameplay, like story, immersion, character building, things like that. Second, then, then of course, audio helps that a lot. Um, I would, I would agree if someone would just exchange it and say, okay, come on. Um, number five here doesn't mean it's not important. That what that's what I wanted yeah. to say, man. That's no, what I wanted course, to say. Of course, you've got a, to be fair. They're, they're only the first main five. Then after that, yeah. Got, after that, you've got things like okay. Then we can add looking at like really adverse three D audio after that or then we look at uh, additions of peripheral implementations so your dual controls your controllers controls so. is, yeah. yeah ui it's also plays a big role these days yeah so all of that stuff is like at the back but there's yeah. a lot more that goes into it but those are the definite top five that you need to have to make a game to make the kind of best game um in my so, opinion and game is always first character and story is always second yeah 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 Absolutely. Absolutely. So let us see here. Ninja Scroll writes in and says, how many stars will you have visited in the first two weeks of Starfield? And what, what aspect? Okay. How many stars will you have visited in Starfield in the first two weeks? And what aspect do you look forward to the most within the game? Oof, uh, shipbuilding, I think, like everybody else. <laughs> hmm. uh, I think everybody wants to just build the best one ever. Um, and, and everyone's Long got the idea of what like, famous ships they want to build, like whether it be the Millennium Falcon or the Death Star or um, the Red Dwarf or um, whatever it is that you want to build. Like, everyone's got this like famous TV show or maybe it's a star trek enterprise or the borg cube whatever it is um it's gonna be i think that's gonna be one of the major things that people will be spending a lot of time on and i'll definitely mm -hmm. be doing the same thing like bases ship building i'm gonna really enjoy doing all of that and building colonies on different planets and things like that if i can on different bases and different areas um i want to know whether or not maybe you can use like multiple different ships if you've got a base, whether or not you have, like, maybe you could have a, a smaller ship and you can build another ship or you can have a kind of collection of ships. <laughs> like, there's loads of things I'd love for them to implement, but we'll see what happens. But um, they've always had really weird offshoot stories and loads of different stories, so I'm not concerned about the way that they do the game in, in that sense. My The thing I'm looking forward to the most is mainly just the exploration and the, and, and the ship building. Those are specifically when you're talking about it like i'm gonna have and this is a personal thing i'm gonna have <laughs> i'm gonna have the interstellar soundtrack playing in the background when i'm playing this game 100 <laughs> percent. i'm gonna have i'm not sure i'm not sure because i know that they will have an amazing soundtrack oh absolutely the i'm gonna enjoy those first but i'm definitely gonna have the interstellar soundtrack at some point playing in the background mm. <laughs> 
makes sense, man. Absolutely. While flying through space or even while exploring, makes sense. For me, it would be like exploration is definitely one part, but me, like that's what I look forward to the most is like really get down to understand the, the inner, ins and outs of the RPG mechanics, like how to level your character to get like OP really early in the game, <laughs> you know, not and not by grinding out the character, but just to spend the points basically in the right spots. Uh, I love that aspect. So get and Bethesda RPGs are super deep, of course, with their RPG system. If you want to do them right, and um, so I'm looking forward to that. And of course, I want to see like in my head. I don't know what Starfield really is. Is it going to be like the super overwhelming universe where you have like, oh shit, I have no idea what to do next and I can fly there and there and there and explore a thousand planets and then accidentally sample upon the next side quest I want to do? Or is it really like, how well is it in, in terms of like discoverability, not just of the main quest, but uh, the side quests specifically? Yeah, because I I have no doubt that they guide you through the main story, but how much is exploration satisfying? Not just in terms of you finding like three super exotic stones on a certain planet and with that you can grab something super cool, but uh, more like, okay, do I find like quests and things easy or is that something that is worth exploring uh, uh that the plans for that's a, that's what i want to see and so yeah man um there's a lot to look forward with with uh, that also i want to know what the story is uh it's gonna be like um so yeah um great question dutch last one of the day is also starfield related Yes, go on. <laughs> Starfield Direct is the same day as Xbox Games Showcase, both on yes. June 11th. Are you guys a little worried that they put Starfield Direct after the Xbox E3 Showcase because they think the showcase could be lackluster? No, That's quite the opposite. For me, it's quite the opposite. I think hmm. the reason they've got Starfield after the showcase is because they've got a lot of new stuff to show in the showcase and they don't want a game that they've already showcased several times over mm. being in the showcase again. I think they know that's a separate thing. It's going to be a longer deep dive. It's good because it's its own show, as we already knew. Um, it's going to be about 15, 20 minutes long, at least just for the Starfield showcase, Yeah, which means that, and you don't want to have a 20 minute continuous cycle in a, in a game showcase. We've, we've had that previously in an Xbox showcase, and it really starts to flatten it out a bit. And, mm -hmm. it, like, you've got this, like, steady pacing. We had that a couple of years back. We had this awesome steady pacing from Microsoft where it was just game, 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 yeah. game, game. And at the very end, they did this really long-winded, as much as we enjoyed it, this really long-winded Forza Horizon 5 presentation on the same showcase. And it really just slowed the whole thing down to a grind yeah. instead of hit and instead of finishing with a boom. And I don't think they want to do that kind of thing again, where they don't finish the showcase with a boom and they just end up spending like 10, 15 minutes on one thing. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. I think they want to have the showcase to showing new games, new content, release dates for things that might be coming out after Starfield or before Starfield. 
and let Starfield do the talking by itself. Mm. I agree. Um, I think like the main reason is uh, they it would take away from the pacing because because they need like this 20, 30 minutes of proper showing what Starfield actually is would reduce the pacing of the main show. But they also don't want to put it away from the E3 because it will gain traction. People are here anyway. Yeah, so they might just stay as well for a separate thing. Um, and I think that's the main reason why they want to do it there. They hope they will get more views. And speaking of more views, um, Dutch, we need to bring this show to an end because the Capcom showcase is about to start and people uh, want to see that. So we won't, don't want to keep them uh, for too long. It's been an absolute blast. Uh, a three and a half, a half hour podcast always means it's been a blast. So yes. let me shout out, of course, before I get to you. The more than 100, 130 concurrent live views we had here today, which is fantastic. Big shout out to everyone who tuned in. Thank you so much. Big shout out, of course, to the Super Chats and the channel members uh, that support us truly appreciate it and helps a lot. Thank you guys so much. But Dutch, let everyone know where they can find you and what you've coming up, man. Definitely, definitely. So, of course, we had a break this week. That's mainly because I hadn't had a chance to catch up with the news after coming yeah. back from uh, Netherlands. So um, we're back again next week, but we're also back again on Sunday for the weekend edition, which is the first in a few weeks. Um, so we'll be we'll be covering quite a few things there. I've also created a new look for the weekend edition um, mm-hmm. myself. So it's a nice new animated overlay that's more in line with the regular uh, midweek mix-up show. Um, so kind of um, a little bit more uniformed again, but just as smart. So, um, yes, that'll be back again at uh, 7 o'clock on so 7 p.m. UK time on Sunday, uh, 8 p.m., of course, in Europe. Um, and that is, again, 2 p.m. Eastern um, for the Americans there. So, um, yes, other than that, back again next Wednesday for the uh, for the midweek mix-up and next Tuesday for the Save Tuesdays podcast. Mm, um, I'm looking and of forward course, to And of course. Yeah, I was going to say, starting to build up, starting to build up um, this month to uh, the Community Indie Showcase next month. Ooh, ooh, we're excited. Exciting yeah. times, man. Oh, yeah. It's that time of the year, my favorite time of yes. the year. The Indie Showcase. But wondering, indie that's awesome time. stuff. Awesome stuff there. Um, and I cannot wait to see the the overlay for the for the midweek mix up uh, podcast um, or the the Sunday special edition. And yes. the last chat comes in of the day from Pyromad, who is a channel member for three months. Man, thank you so much. He says, "Great show. What little I caught. We'll catch the beginning later. Have a great night, Boxenberger and Wandering Dutch. Uh, thank you, man, for stepping by. Um, you have an awesome day. Appreciate you." Appreciate everyone who tuned in. Uh, next week, we will be back. Same time, same place. Hopefully a great new guest. Uh, when, uh, if not, it's still a fantastic show as always. So uh, it's going to be a fun one next week. And uh, other than that, guys, uh, don't forget to game on.